oddities, late night movies with Rob and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off-kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Sometimes they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. And I'm not going out there with a boner. We are <laughs> continuing on with Monstober 2021. So this is going to be our fourth ever... Uh, and it's it's the turnstile effect once again. We have to get it out of the way right off the bat. Not only are we going through the turnstiles and recording things out of order, this is going to be mid-Monstober, but not the first of Monstober, but also, for the second time ever, Zach and I are recording in the same room together. It's the second time, right? Yes. Okay. Well, technically by the time the audience is hearing it, it's possibly the, <laughs> it's possibly the third, maybe fourth time. But uh, when, we, when we get famous enough and we have our own actual Wikipedia page, like not our own fandom wiki, but actual Wikipedia, there's going to be a flowchart like on the Memento Wikipedia page <laughs> for the, the, chron- the chronological recording and the release recording and things like that. And so, since we are recording in person, we are on my good old little voice recorder. So, sound quality might be a little different from what people are used to. Uh, if there's any background noise you hear, that's probably going to be my parents. Um, but we have a special guest who is not really, you know, or I should say is really used to the background noise that my parents make. We are joined for the first time ever by none other than Jeremy, the other half of N Inspiriority Complex. Woo! Jeremy, thank you for being here. Thank you for letting us like get you in our clutches and, and making you watch this ridiculous movie. <laughs> Happy to be here. Right on, right on. And I, I, knew, I knew you'd appreciate the, the background noise thing. Jeremy and I have recorded music here while my parents were cooking. I think it was two years ago. And okay, three years ago, and while we were recording, whatever my parents were cooking just caused all the fire alarms to go (laughs) off. And in the background of one of our songs, it's just like for like five minutes or something. And I remember going through those files, and I'm just like, "What do we do with this?" (laughs) Like, I can't. We can't get rid of it or anything. But yes, Jeremy is here. We're gonna get some some outsider perspectives on on cinematodies and and Friday the Thirteenth. I also have to mention. We might have Jeremy for some other Monstober recordings, but for this one, we also have Babu Frick. Babu Frick, thank you for being here. That worked out better than anyone <laughs> could have ever, ever thought. So I, I, Our podcast is over. Yes. It's all downhill after this. Babu Frick, home. what do you want to do for snacks? <laughs> okay, Babu Frick is, is uh, handling this rather, rather well, I think. So... Even though this is not our first Monstober episode, we're going to get into Zach's thoughts on Monstober. I think we jump right into it, because our audience, our astute listeners, should be aware. This is not the first time we've discussed this movie, in no way, shape, or form. It came up when we did our, uh, our history together. This is something Zach and I saw in theaters back in the day. This is something that comes up every once in a while when someone loses a gun, I would say. It's a, it's a mainstay. But Somebody has tits that are stupendous. Stupen- yes, yes. So, Zach, why, why this? Why now? Why are we finally getting to the laugh riot that is Friday the 13th, part 12? <laughs> yeah, Friday the 13th, 2009. Yes, Rob, this is a, if anybody knows from the Avengers Endgame Experiment series, this is one of the cornerstones of how Cinemati's kind of like, oh God, 
formed in the idea of like going into a movie expecting something and then something entirely different besides it. Um, the the context of this is almost like bonkers. There's the normal nonsense of as Rob knows in the audience at this point is more than aware that Monstober goes through dozens of iterations between uh, November of the previous year until we're actually starting to record. Um, the reason why it was selected this time over something like Jason X, which we flirted with numerous times, yes. uh, Jason Goes to Space, it's just embarrassing to say that I finally figured out like this a couple of years ago that Jason X and just simply Jason X. It's Jason Ten. That's apparently what it was meant to be. Like, oh, it's like the 10th well, sure. Or Jason Roman numeral. <laughs> I thought that was up. I thought they were trying to be edgy. It was the early two thousands. <laughs> I thought it was trying to be. Hey, it was like the X Games. Like we're gonna make him edgy. Um, okay. They're trying to be. Edgy. It was Edge Lord Jason, which is how that movie ends with Uber Jason. But anyway, um, but yes, that's why we're doing it. Is because it's that notion of. Rob's here. It's fun to uh, rediscover a uh, gem of the past. Yes. We've definitely talked about this, God, so many times, like I said, during context of previous years. Um, but no, it's the idea of, like, it's weird because, as we've said numerous times in Cinemati's discussions, like, you're not allowed to have a late-night viewing if both parties have seen the film. Mm -hmm. Hence why we knew Jeremy was here and he was clutched. He was in the clutches. <laughs> we had the perfect vessel to experience this with. We plied him with dinner. <laughs> yes, we made him stick around. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so basically that was kind of it. it was, that was the, the reason behind this. There okay. really was no grand experiment. As anybody knows with Monstober, it's 100% my whim. <laughs> um, there's, there's really nothing beyond that at the end. If I decide something fits in Monstober, we are doing it. Yes, yes. For better or worse. Uh, would, would you say, like, we, this is our first recording of Monstober. The other ones are pretty set. You're not going to change anything. Like, tomorrow you're going to be like... This is off. Candyman's off. Well, maybe since this comes out after Candyman, we're doing Duel again. <laughs> I know. Full uh, Sean him. <laughs> all right, that'd be great. Um, no, as of right now, okay, uh, Monstober's okay. pretty locked in for at least, I'd say, obviously, this recording. I can't change it midway yes. through, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> but no, I would say Monstober's pretty locked in as of now. But okay. who knows? As okay. Rob knows, there's a tentative Monstober recording that could be swapped for something else for a December series, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> that could all, which means there's always the doors left open for me to find something else, considering yes. that we are just in the, we are far from the actual day of All Hallows' Eve. Yes, yes. Okay, okay. So, so Jeremy, is, like we're saying, we got you in your clutch, in your, in our, our clutches, not your clutches. And, Zach said that one of the golden rules of late night movies is you can't just rewatch it, you know, with the people who've seen it. Have you seen this movie before? I have not. Okay. What is your thoughts on Friday the 13th as a franchise? Are you a big Friday the 13th person? Not really, no. Okay. I think I've seen the original movie years ago. I don't remember anything about it. So when you say original, what do you there's there's eleven others. Any idea? Like original movie could mean a lot at this point. Was no it, idea. Do you have an idea of a decade? <laughs> nope. Yeah, because I guess if you say original, it could be Friday the thirteenth, part one. It could be what, Friday the thirteenth, part five, a new beginning. Is yeah. that so there's, it could there's be Jason many. goes to hell. It could be Freddy versus Jason. There's many entry points. Was there a worm Jason at one point? Was there a I think there might have been. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right, so maybe Jeremy's more up to speed with cinema. I, I think he's saying after seeing this one, all bets are off. What came in the earlier movies? <laughs> okay, okay. So this is the second one we're discussing. We've only done part nine yeah. before. Yeah, Jason goes I, to hell. I'm remembering because Final Friday. We did the. I think on the, the end of the year, on 2018, we did something Friday the 13th related, but it was ranting about the case, it was the court case, it was, right? No, what that, vaguely, I haven't listened to that in forever. What happened was, in our Jason Goes to Hell episode, 
there was like a 30 minute diatribe I went on because the Halloween 2018 film I'm so angry about that yes. like existing and like we cut that out of the recording because like it was like already like what probably like a two and a half hour long discussion oh yeah and that was back when we believed that we had to like keep things like somewhat excised not every Cinemodies episode could be a bloated three hour mess <laughs> so it was like okay and then I think I forget whatever happened at the end of December where like we just like plug that in I, I, I remember if Christmas we, movies. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah, I think yeah. That was when we did um, uh, Jingle All the Way, The Grinch, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Oh, Elves! I, I think it was the Scuttled Elves discussion because uh, the recording was so bad. Yes, which we turned into our live episode. Yeah. Yes, uh, Elves, okay. the episode that's still that with like the Chappelle Show like, ex, like excise content <laughs> that's like eighty five percent of the episode. <laughs> yeah. Those are the two uh, lost treasures. Yes, yeah, so I still have three unreleased Chappelle Show episodes. <laughs> the one thing in the sketch comedy Fort Monzac was like we're going to discuss all of it. Yeah. <laughs> we're doing all three seasons. Okay, okay. So I think the best place to start is we got to get it out of the way. This is a great tie-in to Last Monstover from good old Marcus Nispel directing the Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. Um, that was Zach's uh, second return to Cinemodities after Tenet, of course, going through the turnstiles. And now we get into his, I don't know if it's his movie directly after it, but Marcus Nispel becomes the reboot man, it seems, with these two franchises. I, yeah. And I, I have to say, I know, um, I guess we also say we, all three of us, just finished watching yes. this movie. So it should be fresh in our minds, but I still had to take notes. Um, so you mentioned it, I think, Zach, when we were recording, that it gave you a Texas Chainsaw Massacre feel. I definitely got that sense as well. Like, in the direction and stuff yeah. like that, in and even, like, bones hanging in, in yeah. Jason's cabin and stuff like that. Overall, I think I mentioned it back last year. Marcus Nispel is fairly uninspired in his directing. Yeah. He's a music video director. That's what he is. Yes, and I couldn't remember if we mentioned that last year, but he is so prolific as a music video director. Like, C&C Music Factory, Faith No More, The B-52s, Billy Joel, Elton John, No Doubt, Spice Girls, The Mighty Mighty Boss Stones, the list goes on. And then somehow he turns into the horror reboot person. Well, you know why, right? Because uh, Michael Bay. Michael, Michael Bay, Bay started off as a music yes. video director, and that's what he, he wanted to cultivate people from that same sort of, like... Like, ground root effort. Yeah. yeah. And I know we mentioned that last year with Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, that it's a Platinum Dunes movie. Yeah. So is this one. So we know what we're kind of getting into. Um, I think the, the biggest problem between these two movies, other than Marcus Dispel's uninspired directing, no Arlie Ermey in this one. Yeah, yeah. Right. I really wish Arlie Ermey would have been the cop or something. Uh, I don't think he would have been utilized like he is in Texas Chainsaw remake, but uh, I just want more Arlie Ermey in my oh, life. Yeah, that's bad, yeah, sure. <laughs> Well, just three years earlier, he was in the uh, the prequel to the remake. Texas Chainsaw the Massacre, like... The prequel to the remake? Yeah! <laughs> We're getting down this rabbit hole. Yes! I forget what that was called, but it was like, yeah, he was in that. That was a solid, like, it wasn't reinventing the wheel, but it was solid. Like, it, it was more... Okay. It was not goofy. Like, it has its moments where it's odd, but, like, it was not a goof fest, which is this film. Yes. Oh, my God. I, I think the... I mean, since our context, context has been said before, like, Zach and I saw it back in the day... You might have to repeat some of it, Because um, like, I mentioned the Where Are You Gun so many times... I think that, you know, it's it's one of those movies where, as a, as a horror movie, because of course, as everybody knows, Zach is more of the, the Friday the 13th person and the horror person, as a horror movie, I don't think this works, as a laugh-riot comedy of errors, this is a solid 10 out of 10, oh, I yeah. think. This is one of the goofiest things. I, I, well, that's the thing about this, like, at, at no point is this, like, unnerving. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's nothing unnerving about this. But, like, I don't know, though. Like, it's like, we got put ourselves in that mind of, like, 2009. That, like, the slasher genre was clearly dead at this point. Mm -hmm. 
Um, the very next year, we get the, the Nightmare on Elm Street remake, which we will never cover because I do not like that film. Well, um, what do you mean? Don't you want your villain to be a sympathetic pedophile? <laughs> He's not even a sympathetic pedophile. Oh, he's, he's, he's just an out now because that's the yeah. thing. Like I said, Robin likes okay. The infamous story of the Nightmare Before Elm Street remake. He's like, <laughs> we went to go see that, hoping it would be just this again. Yes, you're hoping for that lightning strikes twice phenomenon. And then like we go to see it, and like it's like oh, it was kind of like I, I guess. And then because like, the best part of that movie, from my remember, is that there's a scene where like the main actress, which is oh god, what's his name, David Cassidy's daughter, is the protagonist. Oh, of that film. okay. No, she's the the fake out protagonist. Mm-hmm. Um, and like she's like at a part where she's like falling asleep in class, and like all of her classmates like dissolve into ash. <laughs> and Rob's just like, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> I remember that. That's yeah. that's the best part of that entire film. And then like I saw it, then I kind of didn't think anything of it. And that's the infamous day where we just afterwards threw a dry ice into water buckets in my driveway. Oh, yeah. It was that day. It was a momentous occasion. Oh, that's what I should have asked if you had it at your yard sale. You still have that cooler we <laughs> I would have bought that. Do you have any dry ice, though? Um, no, so like you have that. And like a couple years ago, because that like remake isn't included on any of the like Nightmare on Elm Street like like box sets. Oh, okay. So like I got it from the library, hoping like okay, like it's been at least like eight years it must have got like aged slightly better no it's it's abject trash okay like okay. what it does is like it's like everybody in that movie's unlikable um <laughs> you have oh god not Numi rapace what's her, rooney mara okay oh you wow. have the you have the girl with the dragon tattoo I the second this one movie entirely <laughs> i know and she's just like it's it's rooney mara doing her stick of just looking confused and frail sure um which we would later go on she would god that that's her entire shtick as a career is just looking frail and confused and it's that and what happens like there's like a, the whole second act is like oh Fred Krueger was not a murderer. My our parents like got him confused and he was murdered and that's why he's exacting his revenge on us. Okay. And then like the third act like plot twist is oh no he was a pedophile and he molested yes. all of us and he yes. took pel- Polaroids of it and it's like oh yeah, oh, yeah. I guess I found him sympathetic because it was Jackie Earl Haley <laughs> and I like Jackie he's Earl trying. Haley he's trying at least like, the, like, if it weren't for the fact that Robert England is so iconic as yeah. this character he'd be fine like mm-hmm. he'd probably be better than fine and you're also taking one of the most iconic like pop culture characters of like the last 50 years and you're making him into something irredeemable yes and it's just yes. the, like Jesus <laughs> it's like what do you think like they made goddamn Freddy Krueger like like, like, pajamas for kids in the 90s. <laughs> like, like, really? You think those same kids who, like, have those fond memories want to see someone like that turn into a pedophile? Genuinely bizarre. <laughs> I'm like, there's a retcon pedophile on my pajamas. <laughs> yeah. Like, genuinely, like, inexplicable. I think that's, like, something, like, again, and that was another Platinum Dunes film. Yes. And I think that's, like, this is weirdly, like, the predecessor to that sort of, like, train of thought. And mm-hmm. that, like, I think, like, I still love the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. I know you, obviously, you didn't, you weren't thrilled by it, but yeah. like, you, you thought it was okay. Yes, you it, it had it its, its goofy moments, it has its fun stuff. Some of it was actually well Arlie done. Arlie Ermey. Arlie Ermey. like, that, he makes that movie. That movie is worth it solely for his yes. performance. Because yes. there's nothing... There's nothing quite like that in any like horror movie of the last god of the last yeah, fifty years. Yeah. It's such a unique performance, and especially if everybody remembers from last year, I think the last third of the movie is Jessica Biel running around in a wet T-shirt. Yeah. So I mean, you know, or Lear me in that. It's just a fun time all around. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a, but this is the thing though. I find it fascinating is that like you look at the 2010 Nightmare on Elm Street, you look at the Friday Thirteenth 2009, and I guess it's showing for when we say Friday the Thirteenth, we're meaning the 2009. Yes. We're not meaning the 1980 film. Like, but like, even this with Jason, like, like as we were watching this, I haven't seen this in a few years, so it was a little, I knew what was going to happen, but it was a refresh. You look at somebody who's so steeped in Friday the 13th lore, 
Oh god, I don't even know what his name is. Who placed uh, Jason in this? I the actor, Derek Mears. Derek Mears. Well, he's been around forever. Like, he's yeah, in, he's even in Twin, Pe Twin Peaks: The Return. Yes, um, he's, the, he's the dude. He's in the fight the club. arm wrestling. Yeah, he's where, in the fight yes, club where yes. uh, oh god, Mister C like breaks his arm and kills yes. him. It um, really hurts my arm when you have it down here. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move it up here. Oh god, that's one of those scenes I go back and watch in The Return. I love no, he, that like, scene. Derek Mears is a solid actor, and like in the uh, infamous, at some point Rob will have to watch like eight hour behind the scenes like documentary on the entire franchise. Oh, yes. <laughs> Derek Mears is a personality, um, as a person, but, like, in this, like, his Jason has, like, you compare this to, like, Kane Hodder and Jason Goes to Hell, where Jason feels like, like, there is a personality there. Yes. And this is just almost like, I kept getting vibes of, the sh like, the shark and Jaws, where yeah. it's just, like, it's a malevolent force. Not even just a personality in, in Part 9, which is the last one I've seen <laughs> since, since watching this, but a weight to it. I feel like this Jason, well, as we'll talk about, he can teleport in this movie. He can get on roofs immediately if he needs to. It's this... like he's light as a feather. It was like when we talked about Terminator 3, we were like, we finally get an idea of how heavy Arnold Schwarzenegger is. I felt like that in Friday the 13th Part 9. This, he's just, he's just like, he's the feather from the beginning of Forrest Gump. He's <laughs> almost like a weird, like, he's, exactly. He's like this weird sort of just like... Like, oh my god, like like a specter that can manifest in the flesh? Yes. Like, there's almost like this ethereal nature to him, like, which doesn't, like, make sense, because, like, I know in some of the behind-the-scenes stuff, they talk about how, like, they want to explain his rapid, like, ability, his ability to rapidly traverse terrain. Like, oh, he has tunnels everywhere. It's like, yeah, I thought but that's no. what they were going for until yes, the second no. half of the movie where yes, he's teleporting. Yes. <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, there's moments, I, I can still remember, like, back in the day, Rob, like, we're talking ten-plus years ago now, talking about the idea of, like, okay, we see him at ground level, and he's on a roof, and he's on ground level again, and he's back on the second story of the house. <laughs> and it's like, like, I, not that you want to see scenes of a Jason, like, like awkwardly climbing up a trellis. Like, I, I would love to see that, but mass audiences don't. You just need some level, like, I'll always remember that scene from, like, Jason Goes to Hell from the very beginning where he's, like, chasing, like, the, like, oh, God, the faux girl in distress. Yep. And she goes running down the stairs, and we see him, like, like walk through, like, the threshold door, and he looks down, like, at the stairs. That just means everything. Mm -hmm. Like, mm -hmm. that small moment, both on a story level and on, like, an acting level for Kane Hodder. That's great. Miles apart from this where he's just, he's just malevolent, like, bad man. Yeah. And that's what yeah. it is. There's no, like you said, there's no weight to Jason in this. Even yeah. though he is like the most, oh god, he's like very, his, even his body type in this is strange. Yeah, I was thinking that too. I mean, so this is, on that on that same note, with the body type and with the, you're you're the, the expert here out of the three of us, Zach. Which, which Friday the 13th movies is this ignoring? Which is it following? Well, what is the, it's what the, is the idea? Well, this is the whole point, again, it's the remake thing yes. where they wanted to sit there cash in Again, the last Jason entry prior to this was Freddy vs. Jason, which it made a ton of money, but like I guess they felt they kind of like like blew their wad. Okay. Because um, there is the infamous story how they want to do Freddy vs. Jason versus Ash. And like oh, Sam yeah. Raimi was just like, I like, really sat there, was just like, like fought. Like he was intrigued, <laughs> but like he wanted creative control over everything. Yeah. And, and New Line was just, New, New Line's always been anal retentive with the horror properties, and especially. I, at that point, I don't think Michael Bay was involved. Okay. Uh, but it was the idea, like, they even, they wrote a script, and they made it into a comic now that's, like, out of print, it's, like, super expensive. I read about that, yeah. I yeah. feel like Ash has fought many different things in well, the comic yeah. book universe. Yeah. yeah. Isn't he the cause of Marvel Zombies? I feel like someone told me that once. Because oh, there's a series called Marvel Zombies, and so you have all your Spider-Man's a zombie, this, this, that, the other thing's a zombie. And I feel like someone once told me that, like, so There's God. an alternate ending to, like, Evil Dead 2 in the comic books where he doesn't end up in the Army of Darkness place. He ends up in the Marvel Universe and causes the zombies. And, and I'm just like, 
I could see somebody well, doing that. I, I'm like, this was before like Marvel took off, I feel like I was told Excellent. this, or maybe near the beginning, and I'm just like, why would I care? <laughs> like, just make cute. Marvel zombies, it's you know? Cute. Like I said, that I don't mind. Um, but no, like, when it comes to, like, continuity for this, they, they wanted to uh, clearly, like, after, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, it's weird that it took them six years after Freddy vs. Jason to do this. You would think mm. they would have accelerated it a bit. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's weird. I've, I've never understood the, the weird, like, time lapse between 2003 and 2009. Yes. That's never, that's never been explained to me, um, one way or the other. Um, when was, when did the court case start? That was well after this. Okay, well, so yeah, it had to. Because well, this is yeah. well, the box office behind this was like this had a huge opening weekend, and then like a legit crater. Like it had like a forty million dollar opening weekend, and then as we discussed, like it had like an eighty percent drop. Yeah, in I recording. I was so into those stats when I found them. So this movie makes total ninety million, about ninety worldwide, million. worldwide. Yeah, sixty million domestic after a forty million opening. Yeah, about Pretty half much, of that comes from that four more, day President's more weekend. Than, God, what is that? That's like two thirds. Yeah. 85% drop-off in the second and we saw, weekend. We, and if you remember, Rob, we did not see this opening weekend. We yeah. saw the second weekend. Yes, so we were part of that 15%. <laughs> and then in his third weekend, not from the first weekend, like from second to third, it's another 54% yeah, drop-off. It, it disappeared real quick. Because that was the weird thing about this movie, was that like the horror fans, the Jason fans, just like rejected it. Like It, yes. was, it was rejected yes. by the fandom. Like, and before like that became like a term fandom. Mm -hmm. Just like mass audiences won no parts of this. The fans won no parts yep, of this. Yep. And the whole time this is happening, Rob and I are just peeing ourselves yes. laughing. Being like, this is yeah. this is a masterpiece, but in a very different vein. Not only did the, the horror fandom not want anything to do with this, I think it was back when we were discussing the American Pie 1 and 2 movies that we were talking about, like, what happened to this, the studio raunchy comedies? After watching this again after That's all these good, years... Yeah, it's funny you mention that. Is now Friday I, the 13th Part 12 the death of the studio comedy? Because I... I think this is a straight-up comedy. <laughs> well, this is the thing. It's funny you mention that, because, like, again, we all know the Bastion of Truth, IMDb. Yes. Um, there's, a, like, a factoid that says, like, oh, Michael Bay, like, walked out of, like, a screen because he said I had too much sex. Okay, I, I found this, too. Did you find anything more about this? So, this? This couldn't possibly explain a lot about the landscape of Hollywood. Yes, I found I found an actual, like, Cinema Blend article, which, okay. who knows, chicken or egg, which came yeah, first, the yeah. IMDb trivia fact of the Cinema Blend article um, from 2015 that said Michael Bay walked out of the premiere... Apparently because there was too much sex. Now, just just for the audience and everybody here, we're talking about Michael Bay. We're talking about the man who felt the need to put a scene explaining Romeo and Juliet laws in one of his Transformer movies. Rob, that came eight years later. So what, he got more okay with sex later on? I, I don't know. <laughs> I found that wild. That that's the, the alleged reason he didn't like this movie because it had too much sex... And he is just the most sexualized male like, gaze director we've well, had like, in a while. Yeah, like, can you think about that? The first thing that came into my mind was like Mike. Um, oh God, what's her name? Megan Fox like leaning over the hood yes. like, in Transformers, yeah. and Shia LaBeouf like literally is doing like the Tex Avery like like <laughs> wolf thing where the eyes are bulging out of his head. But like, you think about like, if that's the case. He was a producer on this. Yeah, yeah. He could have stopped this at any time. Yeah. And yeah. also, when you think of Friday the 13th as a franchise, it's like TNA and blood and gore. Exactly. And exactly. so it's like... Teenagers being punished for having premarital sex. Yes. yes. But also, you think back to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reboot in 2003, mm -hmm. there's no sex in that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's no sex even, like, in the prequel re prequel. Yeah, movie, yeah. The, the... Which is fascinating that, like, weirdly, like, Michael, Michael Bay might have, like, a... Almost like a weird pure ketanical relative, relative exactly, exactly. to what you'd expect. He's almost, like a, he's almost like a I want to look and not touch type yeah. of thing. It but seems. he's also like, like he's also conservative. So like yes. that's the weird thing about him. Like we take him kind of for being like like a Hollywood like 
like like oh god, sex fiend. But like, I, I guess we have to believe that. Yeah. But why did he exercise? Like at some point, someone must, someone in his camp must have seen this and signed off on it. Exactly. And when you say that, I was I was laughing at myself because now I'm thinking that during the production of this movie, they had to hide the sex. <laughs> but they're like, oh, Michael's coming to set, you know, Monday through Wednesday. We're gonna film all the sex scenes on Thursday. <laughs> Tell him it's wholesome. Maybe we put a praying scene. We'll cut out later. <laughs> So, on the topic of Michael Bay, another thing from the... I, I have, for the previous fact, I had According to Cinema Blend. For this one, I have According to the Internet. Okay. <laughs> uh, Travis Van Winkle's character in this movie, Trent, uh, one of my favorite, I think, on this oh, rewatch, yeah. uh, is apparently the same character that he, same actor plays, also named Trent in the original Transformers. And I haven't seen that movie in so long. I, from what I read, Trent is it's like a bully at the, school, I think he's the original boyfriend of Megan Fox. Oh that, yeah, like, sh he, he's a he's a douchebag douche just it's, like yeah, in this movie. It's the same character. It's exactly. the same character. And so and so the IMDb fact says you know this same thing. Like Michael, according to Michael Bay, this is the same character, and these movies are in the same universe. And so I'm like, oh, I really want to look into this. Maybe I can find the interview where Michael Bay said this. I found a few different articles oh. that report this, and in the articles they all say. The something like the interview where Michael Bay allegedly said this has been lost to time. So there's no corroboration oh. for this. Nobody knows where he said this. So this is someone most likely just making it. It seems like a the dots through the grapevine type of thing. Now, I think I need to rewatch the original Transformers, which I'm, I'm pretty sure I, soon. I remember because again, <laughs> I, I must have seen that Transformers movie after. Because that's the thing. This came out in. Um, February 2009. Yep. Revenge of the Fallen Moon comes out like that summer. Yes. So I must have, because I have it on DVD somewhere, Transformers 2007. So I must have watched it. Because I vaguely remember like connecting the dots and being like, there's no way. And yes way. Um, <laughs> I could see them doing that. I could see something, but it's all coming through Michael Bay's office. I could see some production assistants being like, yeah, just change his name. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They're both in production at the same time. That would also explain why Michael Bay probably didn't have a lot of hand in this. Sure. You know, these like huge blockbusters probably take anywhere from two to three years to like, to, like get from like nothing to like finished product. Yeah. So I could see some. I would imagine there was some producer beyond him that worked on both of these. Sure. I could see that happening. Whether he explicitly said like "Yeah, it's the same guy," <laughs> is something else entirely. That's why Trent was getting away to Crystal Lake. He had a rough time in. Uh, and uh, Transformers Wars. <laughs> now, now I'm hoping that if this interview ever gets uncovered, it's revealed that, you know, some the, whoever was interviewing Michael Bay, they came up with this connection, uh -huh. and Michael Bay was so, like, toned out or whatever, he was saying, yes, both characters are named Trent. Did you try... <laughs> did, when you <laughs> looked for that, you know what you should try while we're just talking? Go on Google and look up, like, in search parameters for, like, oh, God, like, December 2008 okay. to, like, What's oh, God, here? August 2009... And see if it would come, it would come up in the press cycle for for either one yes, of these films. Yes, okay. if it comes if it doesn't come up there, then most likely it was something somebody made up. It's that's what it kind of screams to me, especially with the shared universe stuff these days. I I, I kind of Rob, but Rob, buy like, into that. Three hundred and fifty three out of four hundred said that they it, liked this. It was useful. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure it's majority rule on TV uh, <laughs> trivia. If the, if the yays have it, it's true. It is. It is. I don't know if Jeremy's aware of this, but I if you write something on IMDb, it becomes the truth. So it's it's uh it's it's one of those types of things. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so I I think I anything? Oh well okay. it, it like it like lagged on custom date range for a okay. bit, so so I'm still working on it. But I like I said, as a horror movie, no good. As a comedy of errors, I loved this film. You said you rewatched it. Um, a little, a little few back, years like ago. a few years. We're talking at least four or five. Yeah, years and ago. that's what I was. I was curious if you, if you had. Um, what are your thoughts? Is this 
this is a rip roaring good time, right? That's all uh, this is. Well, that's the thing. Is like, I obviously considering this is how formative of an experience. Like going back to just like me discussing movies and enjoying movies. Yeah. Like I would say, like it's almost at a point where like it transcends the normal. Like, oh, is it horror? Is it comedy? And it's more along the lines of like I, I don't think I can objectively look at this film. I can try, but like I, again, it's how I enjoy movies. I can still remember you and I sitting in the theater, and I remember because like, my father took us because we were underage at the time, and like we you and I were laughing so hard at moments. I remember a woman like getting out of her seat and like leaving the theater. I remember being genuinely afraid like, we were gonna get kicked out of the movie because <laughs> we were laughing so loud. Yeah, at this. yeah. And that's the thing. It's like no, it's it's a. Like, if you have a good sense of humor, I think it's, like you said, a rip-roaring good time. Oh, yeah. But I think if you're going in is, like, either, like, date night, like, oh, I want my girlfriend to cling to me because it's scary. Sure. I, I, I would imagine feeling just, like, this is dumb. Like, I, it's, like, it's dumb. Okay, okay. I don't know. I don't think it's, again, it's, I, we always joke about, like, oh, as long as everything's in focus. But, like, as we kept saying numerous times as we were, like, watching this, we're like, why is the force glowing at night? Yes. The fog was... Like bioluminescent or something. There was bacteria in the air, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, there's so many sequences in this at night that, like, like where everything's just like 100 percent well lit. And we were like so thrown off by this. Yes. So like, I don't know. There's like there's a couple like weird like continuity errors. Like there was one point where like like someone's holding up the want like the like have you seen like the missing sign for the sister yeah. like to the camera and it makes no sense continuity wise. And we all sat there. Like, it was like it brought us all out of the movie. Yeah. We were just like, what is going on? Yeah. Like who's holding this? Clear shot of of. Uh, Supernatural guy, Jared Padalecki, holding a stack of them. Quick cut to insert shot of one person holding one sheet directly to the towards the camera. <laughs> then we cut back to, like, the clerk at the grocery, or was it the, the corner store? The outpost. And, yes, yeah. yes, outpost, yes. <laughs> and it's just like, and he's just, like, has his hands together, like, like, nowhere near this, like, the signs. And it's like, what? Yes, yeah. So, like, I don't know, like, is it objectively, I, I, oh, God, a, um objectively okay like filmmaking wise like yeah like for the most part but like even that though there's really there's there's nothing like it's unless you can appreciate the gonzo-ness I don't think there's anything for the, for, for anybody else in this movie okay. you, have, you have to have a very specific you have to have a good sense of humor if you don't have a good absolutely. sense of humor you are going to be very disappointed with this movie absolutely so Jeremy before I ask you what you thought of this movie um, and we'll be shocked maybe Jeremy's going to have a hot take over here about <laughs> how he loved it um, so from from December to February December 2008 to February 2009 one thing I found which I just want to say uh, from February 13, 2009 from a forum, macro rumors forum uh, the uh, title is Friday the 13th sucked. <laughs> and and it, starts, it starts with, so far, Michael Bay has ruined the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, oh. the Amityville Horror, oh, the yeah. Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the beginning, and Transformers. <laughs> I forgot about Amityville. Wow, yes. I forgot about that. So now this, this is actually interesting. I found a, a, uh, a, a thread, like a forum post sure. on finalgirl.rocks. <laughs> okay. This is, this is from February 13th, 2009. And it's it starts with like oh this movie just came out you know let's let's talk about horror it seems like this is a horror forum type of thing um, they give a little synopsis of the movie and then there's a bunch of comments on it and when I went to this and I searched Trent because that's who we're looking for th this is this is what user Walter L Holman said and this is actually a few days later on February 18th 2009 2:42 <laughs> a.m. Uh, <laughs> oh man to quote my favorite character this shit was stupendous <laughs> to say the least. Awesome fact, douchebag boyfriend Trent in this movie is played by the same guy who plays douchebag boyfriend Trent in Transformers, also a Michael Bay production. That's right, 
Optimus Prime and Jason exist in the same universe. Ownage. No citation, and as far as I can tell from this time frame, nothing else came up from what I'm searching. You have to go back, like, try the... You'd have to do even earlier. No, no, not earlier. You have to do the Transformers Revenge of the Fallen Moon, like, press cycle. Oh, which should be, be June, okay, July, okay, 2009. Because I could see, like, one of these, like, reports... Remember, this is also the, like, big... Remember, Twitter started, like, in 2009. So, like, I could yes. see one of these dumb film bloggers, like, back before they, they really started to have their power, like, in the, like, mid-2010s, finding that, or just making the connection. It's not a hard connection, Like They're both, like, major studio properties. Yeah. And just going to him... And I, I, Mike, I, I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if somebody asked Michael Bay this and he just commented on it. Like, really, like, it could even be, like, one of those stupid, like, YouTube interview things where, like, he mm. sits down with, like, a third-rate, like, blog. That's what I'm thinking it might be. There might be some... There might be some obscure like, thing. Like, audio is, thing Is there a reason why IMDb, like, like, doesn't ask for citations? Um, to make our lives harder. <laughs> is that what <laughs> To it throw is? a wrench into everything? Okay, so I'll, I'll try that date range, but Jeremy... Now that you've seen this, what are your thoughts? You loved it? You hated it? What, let's go for it. Well, if you ask me, like, this is probably one of the funniest movies I've seen in a long time. <laughs> okay, good, good. <laughs> but, uh, you know, looking at it as a horror movie, like, it's just, it, it's bad. Like, it's, um, like, I've never been a fan of jump scares. Like, I've always thought they were just a... The, 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 it's the cheapest form of just horror. Like it just it it just sucks. Like frankly, and um, and they over they use the the jump scares so much throughout the entire movie with the same exact sound effect. Like oh, at yes. the end, I'm just like, oh, here we go again. I've been so sick of that sound. <laughs> Not only the jump scare sound, but also every time like a light swooped across the screen, we heard the same swoosh. <laughs> Well, that's the thing. But again, like it's weird because this movie didn't this cost like how much did this cost? Like nineteen million dollars. Okay, that's that's it's not, not crazy. I mean, I don't know for the time. It's though. for insane for that for a horror movie for this scale. Like that's oh, all the sure. like the whole reason why like these movies, the slasher films, were able to be so prolific in the eighties was because like they like cost like pennies to make and they brought in tons of money. So the idea of like devoting twenty million dollars to this, never mind. Like I would imagine probably at least double that. On, um, like, marketing? Insane. Yeah, yeah. Insane. And that's why they probably didn't make another one, because they probably sat there, barely broke even. And that's the thing, like, think about it. These movies used to be guaranteed just, like, oh, God, money earners. And then, like, you do this, and it makes a fraction of a profit. Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. So, and that's the thing, too. So, like, even in years past, like, we're like, um, you could sit there, like, you have, like, rental sales, home video. By this time, I think about, like, 2010, 11... That started to dry up. Like, yep. people weren't buying physical media. And again, they were still buying it relative to now, but like, so I could see, like I said, it's not uh, that, but again, like, we'll definitely talk a little bit later about the idea of like why, like, the franchise kind of dried up. Sure. And that we're now 12 years removed from a Friday the 13th movie. Yep. You can only hope that next year someone will rush this into production for the idea of like 13 years later, he's been waiting. Mm -hmm. Just because that would be a great, like, marketing tagline. I don't know. Yeah, that, I, I could see that for sure, you know. But even the fact that, like, I get the pandemic was around, so, like, you couldn't do a lot. But, like, even in 2019, they should have been fast-tracking this. Like, they should have been... It's the weird idea that, like, anything in life... Like, nothing is impossible, just simply expensive. Just write a check. There's no reason why you can, just, you can write, like, Victor Miller, just like, here, here's $5 million. Yep. Just let's do what we want. It's like, Sean Cunningham, here's $5 million. And then take, like, another $5 million and just sit there, like, just make a fun movie. Like, there's so many fan movies for Jason, fan films, where, like, it's Friday the 13th, but, like, in the woods, and it's, like, snowing. And I'm like, they've never done, they've uh, never done snow, Jason. Yeah. And I'm just like, 
there you go. You have a brand new angle on yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. Just make another slasher film. But, like, you're also in a time period, too, where, like, slasher films are, as a genre are dead right now. Yes. And they've been dead for a while. Oh, yeah. Because all people want is The Conjuring. That's mm-hmm. all they want is mm-hmm. The Conjuring. They want, they want the Babadook, where there is not a, there's not a villain. It's just... It's the idea of a villain, not a villain yeah, itself. Yeah. I think Babu Frick peaked up, perked up when you said Baba Duke. I think it misheard. Oh, did, did, did he now? <laughs> <laughs> so you bring up interesting points there. What do you think about bringing these older slashers back into the fold by doing a like Jason versus Annabelle? What do you think about that? I don't know. That's a weird thing. Though, That's like, almost an impossible concept, right? Because Annabelle, I think Annabelle did, kills but, off screen only. But they did that. But you can also make the like the case of like what was that part seven, where essentially like they had their main girl had like telekinesis, and it was essentially like Carrie, Jason versus yeah. Carrie, and it was like, and that was that's considered like it's considered one of the better ones. Um, but, like, it's still, like, considered more on the corny side. Like, if you look at, like, how the fans rank the franchise, you, you like, number one almost always is part six. Because okay. that was the one where, like, he became more of a zombie. And he's just, he's just like, Jason could go through anything. It was very yep. campy. It was very tongue-in-cheek. And then, like, after that, I wouldn't even know. It'd be probably, objectively speaking, probably three, two, or four. It would be almost a toss-up. Okay. I've always said, Rob's heard me say this, parts three and four are the exact same movie, except one has Crispin Glover. One has Crispin Glover, and, um, oh God, what's his name? Corey Feldman, and the other doesn't. Yeah, that's right. He's, um... uh, Tommy Jarvis. Tommy Jarvis, yep. yep. I was gonna say Jarvis Miller for some reason. I don't know who that is. Close enough. (laughs) Um, And then, like, after that, like, basically any... Like, even Freddy vs. Jason, like, people appreciate that, because at least they... uh, Most of the fans recognize how audacious that was, Mm -hmm. and how any sort of crossover is just like pulling teeth, especially after like ten years of development. Hell, is Rob's at one point? Rob had to almost read a book a couple years ago. Oh yeah, remember that? <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, like I said, that's the thing. Is that like it would be like anything else? You would have to Jurassic World or Force Awakens it. You would yes. have to bring back a lot of nostalgic elements. You would have, like, and they've already kind of flirted with this. Like, there's been numerous attempts to bring to do another one of these. Like at one point, they wanted to do a uh, after the boom because that's the thing. This comes out in February 2009. Now October's Paranormal Activity. Oh, okay. And it was like, okay, like, like they want to do found footage film, Jason. And they're like, there's our angle. We've never done this before. That collapsed under its own weight. Good. Then they want. Then after Avatar, they wanted to do 3D Jason, like they did with Part Three. Okay. Um, back in the 80s, yeah. and it's like that collapsed. Then like it became like I think at one point like LeBron's production company got involved because apparently. <laughs> LeBron likes likes these movies, which okay. is not a shock. Um, then I think that guy either got collapsed or or it, um or got caught in the lawsuit. Sure. And then like you had the revival of the video game, which Rob we've talked about numerous times. Yes. And then that guy like said that was doing a great job of injecting blood back into the franchise, and then the lawsuit literally just cut that thing off. Yeah. Like, weren't wasn't it the you were t- we were talking about. Uh, off mic or on mic, I don't remember that. Uh, they were going to do the Jason X DLC, and that was the the thing that never happened. Yeah, because they had the Kane, they had Kane Harder do uh, performance yeah. capture. Um, they were going to oh yeah, they had a bunch of stuff planned for that. Because again, that, God, that game blew up. I, somebody mm-hmm. who was there for launch day, like when that went live, like the servers crashed for like a follow like first like month, two months. <laughs> yeah. um, it was a fun game. If you had the right amount of people, um, and that's partly why that community has kind of died. That it was just hard to find good people to play with unless mm-hmm. you knew them personally. And that's what happened. The lawsuit's been this way ever since. Like, I think, but there's really, I think that it's weird. NECA is making one new figure for Part Seven, oddly enough. Okay. But after that, though, there's like there's so many different like things you can do that they're just like, like I said, 
A Freddy vs. Jason 2-pack would sell like hotcakes if they yeah. can. They are contractually obligated to not do and that. And throw in a little tiny Annabelle to get those people yeah. involved. <laughs> like, that's the weird thing, though. Is that, like, will there be another Friday the 13th? Yes. Yeah. But, like, it, I have a feeling... Because, like, we talked about this before we even watched the movies. The idea, like, the fan base is so starved for more Jason. I honestly think they would take something like this again. As long as you had a hockey mask-wearing, like, guy who's larger than normal... Mm-hmm. But you know what they would do though? Like this is this is the Force Awakens, a Kate or Jurassic Worldification of Friday Thirteenth. Yeah. It would be a higher Kane Hodder. Sure. It would be the announcement of okay, they paid off Victor Miller, they wrote him a check. Yep. Next sub headline would be Kane Hodder hired. Absolutely. And it's gonna be his like Unforgiven. It's gonna be his thing of <laughs> like him being in the saddle, and it's gonna be like. And but that's a weird thing though. It's like there's you could easily make a fantastic Friday Thirteenth movie, especially considering sure. like everything that happened. Like, this is a great time capsule of two thousand nine film because like think of how much like let's just pretend somehow this film got pulled out of February two thousand nine and gets tries to get released now. Ignore the state of the world right now. Sure. How much of this film, as we've always used to joke, would not be allowed? Oh, yes. There is so much in this film that would not be allowed. Mm-hmm. Take, we would have to take the red marker to it. Oh, yeah. I, like, 100%. Yes. Like, there would be so many just redacted parts of the script. We're pretty much, yeah. forget about Michael Bay not liking nudity. <laughs> like, it would be, like, that would be the, probably that'd be the only part that would be allowed. Because it would be concerned female empowerment. Yep. That's the thing. But, like, you could very easily, especially with today's, like, culture and just how everything is so just sanitized... You could have a lot of fun with this. Sure. Especially, again, it's like, I forget what movie we were talking about. I think it might have been even a Friday the 13th movie. It's like, just give me $5 million and I will make you a $100 million film. (laughs) Give me $5 million, I will make you a barn burner of a Friday the 13th film. Sure, sure. And that's the thing. Like, Jason's like, whereas Freddy is so specifically tied to one actor. Mm Mm-hmm. And even like, God, they've made so many Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies. Like, there's so many Leatherface. Yeah. And it's funny, Texas Chainsaw Massacre isn't even that anymore. It's just Leatherface. That's become the weird yeah. rebranding of that franchise. Yeah, isn't one of the more modern ones makes him real sympathetic or something like that? Like, gives a lot of his backstory. Yeah, I, I feel we like ta- we talked about I think we talked about that. Yeah, yeah like, it's, re- it's, it's weird. <clears throat> like, it's not very good. And they've made like two after that. Now, that's the problem with these movies right now. It's like, it's no weird, but where the market's not there for it. But it could be. It's one of those things where, like, nothing's impossible. Like, you just yeah. have to, you just got to devote enough time to it. But you also, again, somebody who knows the development hell of all these movies, it's just like you have too many people who just don't understand it, feeling they have to contribute to it. Exactly. Exactly. I think this is a better time than any. Uh, there's no better time than this right now. Um, if you have a PlayStation Network account and you are playing Friday the 13th, the game, if you want to play seriously, uh, email Zach, or email us and talk to Zach. Yes. If you want to get in a two-player game where you're Jason and I'm the counselor and you keep breaking the fuse box and I keep repairing it a hundred times to get that trophy, email and talk to me. That's all I want in that damn game. Is the stupid play a thousand games as Jason, that's an unreasonable trophy. That is an unreasonable trophy. That takes an insane amount of hours. Yes. So I just want someone to just uh, constantly... Doable. I want I want somebody to, to get on with me, to set their preference to counselor, I'll set my preference to Jason, and we'll bang out like 50 games a night, you know? <laughs> we'll just get it done real quick, because with two people, it'll go fast. I just want trophies. <laughs> that was a fucking fun game. Oh, it game. was. It was It was actually pretty fun when I played it seriously those few times. Okay, so... I guess we have to talk about the actual yeah, I know. the rip roaring. Okay, uh, well, let's let's, let's let's delve into the first thing. We have two prologues, and the second prologue literally is like yes. what the first third of the movie. Exactly. I, I also think there's something to say even before that. Uh, just for the record, you will never drink my piss. Okay? Never. I know you were a little excited about it, but I for was. the record, Jeremy, you will never drink my piss. How's that beer treating you, beer snob? Better than my own piss. You can drink that, by the way. Yours, what? hers, hers, mine, your, I swear to God, it's piss is sterile. For the record, you will never drink my piss. That's what okay. you think. Is that, what about me? <laughs> <laughs> okay. 
Okay, now we got that. Now we're out of the way. <laughs> yes, the first prologue is the opening credits, which look like they were made on Window Movie Maker. <laughs> and and what is that supposed to be? The first movie? It's that's the thing. This movie's a weird like I've always understood it as it's the combinations of one through three. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Some was people claim it's one through four. Like I said, three and four are the exact same movies. And four, and four has the very specific ending of like uh, Corey Feldman like hacking him to death in yes. the house, which is not in this. Um, no, the first, the, the first prologue is Pamela Voorhees being decapitated, mm -hmm. which is the last, like, five minutes of the 1980 film. Okay, okay, Which is, which has always been, like, the, like, the god. Friday the 13th fans can, like, on every single, like, retrospective for the franchise, it always has begun with, oh, Jason's not even in the first movie, <laughs> Pamela's the villain. Yeah. It's like, Betsy Palmer's the villain, and it's like, yes, I know, like, like anybody who's worth their weight in salt knows yeah. that. Like, if you're a horror fan, you know that, and if you're not a horror fan, you don't care. No, but nobody born after the year 2000 is going back to those 80s films. Yeah, sure. Or at least the first, like, five. Yeah, yeah. Nobody is. Like, I, God, even I have a hard time watching, like, the first one. The first one is just very, like, methodically paced. Again, it's, okay. a, it's a ripoff of Halloween. That's yeah, exactly. Saying. It's a poor man's Halloween. But, yeah, the first prologue, like, in black and white, really weird. Like, you, like there's really no definition to anything. It's not even, like, full black and white. It's, like... Ugly, desaturated, yeah. extreme. It's so weird. That's all because they is. do the transition into the into the more modern day. Our second prologue, yeah. we should say, and it, it, it's just like like I saw that and I was like, oh, that's what was wrong. Like that, the color was ugly. That's all what it was. Like I said, this this movie feels like something that was like even as watching this, it feels like something that was tinkered with after the fact. There's yeah. a lot of stuff that doesn't make sense. Um, and for the record, there are two cuts of this movie. There's the theatrical version and the extended unrated cut. Um, the film just began, so like I don't know which version we watched. Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, I have no um, idea. Uh, probably with our luck, we watched the longer one. <laughs> well, the, the theatrical version is ninety-seven minutes, and the extended cut is one hundred and six. So you're talking about nine minutes. Okay, like okay. And I don't remember anything really different in this than what I typically watched. Yeah, and I wouldn't I remember anything from I, back in the I day. I don't remember any plot points that 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 are different. So we probably watched a theatrical that. Yes. According to IMDb, on the alternate versions, it says, also available in a so-called killer cut, which I know the disc yeah. says on, on yours, includes story extensions, extra violence, and more sexual content. It well, gives see, no explanation see, Google the, the difference between the two. There's, yes, there's gotta be have, a I want to I wanna know, like, what's the difference, know. you know? I don't know. I mean, from what I remember, I guess I've only seen this, like, maybe four times. Um, maybe three times too many, but like it's the idea. Like I don't remember anything really jumping out at me here that I've never seen before. Yeah, yeah. This is this is what the audience should get used to when we're recording right after watching the movie. Some this some is, live research. This isn't, this isn't, this isn't like I got to do watching like four days in advance and yeah. <laughs> just wait until Candyman, folks. Or technically, hope you enjoyed oh, the episode God. two weeks ago. <laughs> FAQ on IMDb. What's the differences? <laughs> Extended violence and more sexuality. Just right. I got that. I figured that's what you would put in the the killer cut. <laughs> but no, but it's getting to some of this stuff. Like you have the pro, you have the first prologue where again, it, now that you mentioned it, it feels like it was desaturated. It yes, it did that probably for dramatic effect, quote unquote. And then you have the second prologue, which is essentially just like a bunch of just random people going into the woods. To like go like some of them think they're going to camp. You know, two of the guys are there to find somehow they got to be a pot, whatever you want to call it, just some marijuana plants growing. Yeah, they know where people are growing pot and they want to just take it. Yeah, and they think they're going to take so much that they're going to be rich. Yes. <laughs> and that's the thing. It's not even. It just seems to be growing there. Like it seems like someone just kind of like just like like drop some beans one day and just <laughs> sprout into the heavens. Yes. Yes. And uh, he go uh, well. Two. There's five of them. 
two groups go off and have sex. One finds the weed in our second prologue. Well, because you have the, okay, you have, I don't even know what her name is, Whitney? The sister, yes, the one who Jason captures. Yes, you have Whitney and her boyfriend that go off to, quote, make out somewhere, and that they don't even do anything sexually. They just go off and explore oh, and they the find camp. Jason's bedroom. <laughs> yes, they find Jason's ba- bedroom, even though it, that literally makes no narrative sense. Then you have the other group where, like, it doesn't even think like they're dating. It's just like she's, like, getting horny, like, pouring baby oil on yeah, herself. And I'm he glad you on. got to this because on, on moviecensorship.com, oh, I found the differences between the killer cut and, and, oh, the, and okay. the original. And, and I just, I, I got to read this. So the headline for this scene is Alternative Erotic. And it is described as Ooh, the killer cut celebrates the breasts being rubbed in in with baby oil a little longer. So there's more rubbing in the version. The that, adds, that adds nine minutes of screen time. Uh, that adds apparently this adds four and a half seconds from okay. the original. So what is that? No, what's what's uh, sixty times nine? And we've subtracted four from that. <laughs> yes, yes. I'll keep looking for some differences, but I, I like that they specifically use the phrase "celebrates the breasts being rubbed with baby oil." <laughs> maybe that. I don't remember that. Maybe that is. Maybe maybe we did watch the killer cut. Um, yeah, I would like to see. I you would know better the differences from the original. Um, I'm trying to. I'm seeing if there's a big. I don't like remember a baby oil. Big difference. I don't remember baby oil. So maybe. Okay. But again, I can't imagine there was an additional. Like I, I would hope I would imagine. Like, you know what it is? I think we might have watched a killer cut because that shot of watching the the black guy with the axe in his back in the jacuzzi and it just lingers on that for like a solid ten yeah. seconds. I don't remember that linger. That okay. shot lingering. Okay, this I, this makes me think we watched the killer cut because remember later on after our second prologue when the movie actually happens, um, we we get that scene where it's day and they go into the camp and they search the cabins and then it cuts to something uh, Clay and and. Daniel Panabaker, and then it cuts to them at night, and they're still searching the cabins. And remember, we were like, are, uh-huh. "Like, what are they doing?" Apparently, them first going into Camp Crystal Lake when the sun is setting and checking the cabins for the sister—that's added in the uh-huh. in the killer cut. So I think we watched the killer cut because we got an extra. The exploring the cabins was there in the theatrical though. Yeah, so th- this adds a scene of it. I think that's why we we're confused when we were watching it. We were okay, like, they're so still at the cabins. So that, so that could actually, still, okay, so that could be possibly another two. Okay, that's two minutes out of nine. Yeah, this, this find seven more minutes. This says that added one minute. Um, oh, a one and a half minute is. Okay, we're at two and a half minutes now. Oh, what con- something else that confused us? Jason throwing the tantrum and doing the grinding stone and seeing the flashback of the first oh, that's, prologue, oh, okay. that's the killer cut. Because that was like, why are we seeing the flashback to the, the first prologue? So the killer, what the killer cut does is it just throws stuff, it just, it's just throwing stuff it's, in there. It seems to be almost, you know, rem- trying to remind us of things that happened just, earlier it's in just, the movie. It's thro- making an alternate cut just for the sake of being able to sell an alternate cut. Yes, yes. It's not anything they had to excise, it's just... It's, it's a marketing Yeah, tactic. apparently the whole scene where Whitney uses the GPS to break the handcuffs and she finds the room full of dead bodies, that is just in the killer cut. Okay. So, okay. So we saw the killer cut. So hope the diehard yeah. fans... Okay, I hope somebody's happy. ...are, are happy we watched the... I don't know, maybe they're upset we didn't watch the right version. <laughs> that's true. We didn't we should have watched the, the version just... that's 90 minutes. We should have yes. watched the shorter version. The, Remember, the movie the did just start playing, like you said. We, yeah. I was. I even said, I was like, it just started? And you're like, yeah. <laughs> We made no attempt to, to try and rewind it or anything. Kind of, this is comic kind of like a kidney stone. We just wanted to pass it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, okay. So you have the second prologue where you have like... But that guy and the girl with the uh, baby oil, they don't even seem like they're together. It's just kind of like, like happenstance. It seems like it, yeah. But you do have some fun moments with them. 
Yeah, there's some weird dialogue that's funny. Um, I think the thing that I we have to bring up, Zach and I, might, might, this might be us losing our minds, but uh, it's definitely a Blue Velvet reference. Oh, when they God. go, what are we drinking, and is, is, it like that, is it that shit like Heineken? He goes, no, this is Path Blue Ribbon. Is this all we brought to drink? No Heineken or anything? <laughs> Fuck that Euro shit. This is Paps Blue American Ribbon, my friend. That has to be a Blue Velvet well, reference. Too specific. It, exactly. I want you to meet a friend of mine. Hey, Raymond, you get enough beer for Ben, too. What kind of beer do you like? Heineken. Heineken? Fuck that shit! Paps Blue Ribbon! But that's just an odd reference. Yeah, especially uh, for and it's so this spot, movie. And it's so spot on. Like you again, you can't mistake that. Like that's such a specific reference. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But then in Jason's cabin, we see the container of Calumet flour. We think it was flour from The Shining, um, which of course we know is if Jeremy might not know. Uh, <laughs> That one one little bit of calumet flour in The Shining implies that the entire movie is about the plight of the Native Americans and the colonists stealing their land, um, which is just, I think that's a fact. I mean, we don't need IV. <laughs> if it's in room 237, it's it's We do not true. need IDB to corroborate that fact. And so we see calumet flour in Jason's cabin. That, and, I think, was just awesome. Yeah, and like, Zach and I are like, conditioned. Are, we, condi are we just losing our minds at this point? <laughs> and then we even said it when he finds the decapitated ear. We're like... What is Reservoir that? Dogs. Is that Reservoir like, Dogs? Is that uh, another Blue Velvet reference? So we we had to calm down a little bit. Also, when you hear "stuck in the middle with you," <laughs> <laughs> starts humming. We're like, "Where'd that come from?" Oh man! I so a, a quick tangent. I um was in Pittsburgh before I came to see Zach, and on the last night I was there, I was hanging out uh, with my buddy Phil, who was going to take me to the airport the next morning, and he was like, you want to watch something? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'm like, find whatever the hell you want. I should not have said that. That was a mistake, because he found on Netflix uh, America the Motion Picture, which is a recent animated movie, which is basically like, you know, a, a highly revisionist history, just goofy, nonsensical retelling of the uh, Revolutionary War. And it it's terrible. Like it's 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 the type of humor we hate, Zach. Like you know, Channing Tatum voices George Washington. Will Forte's Abraham Lincoln. Um, you got like Jason Manzukis from the League. Like it is horrible. Olivia Munn does one of the voices. Oh, God. It is. It was so bad. Um, but there's a scene because Abraham Lincoln. Died. Oh yeah, Benedict Arnold is a werewolf in it. Oh. It's it's terrible. I would never recommend it to anybody. But there's a scene when like George Washington is at his low point. And he, like, has a dream or some vision where he sees Abraham Lincoln. Because in the beginning of the movie, Abraham Lincoln gets killed by wolf, werewolf Benedict Arnold. Okay. This is just as terrible as it sounds. And in the dream, it starts where it's all white. And George Washington's like, I can't see anything. And they do this joke where, like, Abraham Lincoln was shining a light in his face. He's like, I was trying to make it dramatic. When he takes the light away, he's just like, yeah, we're just in some, like, room or something. The room is exactly the warehouse from Reservoir Dogs. Right. It has the ramp on the left, there's even a chair with a straight razor and, like, blood on the floor. And the movie doesn't mention it. The movie is built on references. Like, the whole movie is just referential stupid humor. And they don't mention that this is Reservoir Dogs. And I'm like, why not mention that, you know? Why not have Stuck in the Middle of You playing? It was the weirdest thing. So if anybody's seen America the Motion Picture... Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> but also there's a really weird Reservoir Dogs reference in it that makes no sense. <laughs> that was my tangent. Have you ever uh -huh. heard of that? It was a Netflix thing. Oh, it was God. a Netflix thing. Thank God. <laughs> um, the it's the it's the uh, people who do Archer. It's the people oh, who do. That. Okay. Um, oh, I That's think mean. some of the BoJack Horseman people. Yeah. It was so dumb. Supposed to be funny, not as funny as Friday the Thirteenth Part Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
That's it. I mean, the prologue is what? They fake us out with um, Whitney getting killed. Of yeah. course, we know she but can't also, get but, killed. But, but like, we have, like, what, a baby oil woman sit there, like, get hugged, like, in a sleeping bag. Like, what oh, were we calling the flame that? cocoon. Yes. The flame yes. cocoon. But, like, we know the camp. Like, we were trying to figure that out because, like, we know the fire's there. And then, like, Jason, like, start, like, like starts cooking her. And we're just like, wait, was he, like, like in the middle of the fire? Like, how did he do this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then look at the other guy, like, stepping the bear trap that just, like, I just somehow... Yes, yes. Bear trap, fire, uh... I gets his ear ripped dude off. Dude gets his ear ripped off and he gets killed, um... And then, how does the other... How does the boyfriend die? Oh, uh, he gets dragged. He gets dragged. Drag, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, they find then, Jason's bedroom, they find his bathroom that has Christmas lights. Yes. Somehow. Empowered um, somehow. When, when Jason is stabbing the floor with the machete from below... Uh, Whitney decides to jump into the disgusting bath of unknown liquid, <laughs> which is probably blood, scum, like, every terrible thing. I, I'm pretty sure, like, when we were watching it, she jumps in there, I'm like, ew, you know? <laughs> There's a toilet she could have jumped on, exactly. she sat on the, to- yeah. on the tank, and she would have been fine. Yeah. Um, it goes on so long, it's like they're trying to jam a whole slasher movie yeah. into that first 20 minutes You could almost something. make that its own short film. Yeah, yeah. It's not happening. And I think that, I mean, that's, the dialogue was weird and stuff, like that, you know, for the record, you're never going to drink my piss, and Wade just just decides to tell us about the myth of Jason yeah. for no reason, you know, but it, it's not as cringy as some of the later dialogue is. But, like, it's weird, because, like, it feels almost, like, unnecessary. Yeah. It feels as if, A, they had shot just the, like, oh, God, Daniel Panabaker, Jared Padalecki stuff. And audiences were confused. Sure. And sure. so they felt they had to add something to explain it. Yes. But if that's the case, like you're pretty much they almost shot like a whole mini movie. Yeah. yeah. Which makes me feel like maybe they like they like they God, they filmed everything and like it came in at like oh god, like seventy minutes. <laughs> and I thought that wouldn't work. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see that happening. I could see them being like, Okay, we're gonna make this tight and quick, tight and quick, tight and quick. And then it's just like... Too tight. <laughs> Too quick. <laughs> I can see that happening. And it's like, okay. Because there's a lot of stuff with the sister that just... Whitney, the sister, just it just is like superfluous. Yes, absolutely. Like I said, at one point we literally have her escape to get captured and they go right back. It's like, you did not need that. You mm-hmm. can legit... And why keep that unless you're trying to pad the runtime? Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I, they could have done something more clever with it because, of course, Whitney runs to the cabin where all our teens are and she tries to get the attention of the two Trenton whoever the other one is. Sex lady. Sex lady. They're having sex. Tries to get their attention. But it's not even like she tries to get their attention and fails. She just runs up to the glass. Jason Jason. is right there to get her. And I thought it would be interesting, like, as we we even said earlier in this discussion, like, that's the early Friday the 13th. It's like, these kids are being punished for having premarital sex in some, you know, metaphysical way in these movies. It would have been cool to, like, throw it on its head and say, oh... These kids aren't getting punished for having sex right now. This girl that they should be saving is getting punished because they're having sex. But the movie doesn't let that breathe. Like, it would have been great if we got some banging on the window and it'd be like, but do you hear that? And be like, yeah, it's my heart beating for you, baby. Or some stupid line like that. But Jason's right there. Jason's right there. He teleported right behind her. But, like, you take her entire skin from the camp out of the film, it makes no difference. Yeah, exactly. Jason, it it, it doesn't even create a continuity issue. Mm -hmm. And that's what leads me to believe that was tacked on. And then, sure. like, and like I said, some of this stuff just feel. I can even, like, I know Rob, like, kind of laughed at me over the years, being like, like, how you, like, oh, the kills aren't even that good. And this, the kills are not good. Like, they're very unimaginative. They're very uninspired. Yes, it's yes. simply just impaling. Everything is impaling. Exactly. The only Nothing. thing I like about the kills are the comedic timing of some of them, like the oh, sure. arrow to the back of the head of the dude in the boat. Oh, well, no, that that's wonderful. Well, that's what I mean, though. Like, 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 again, what? The only clever kill is the girl under the dock, and he just, sh- like, stabs the machete through. Yes. 
And that's yeah. where, like, that is the only other killer. Every other character is just impaled. Mm-hmm. And, that, and, like, it's, like, you think of all the other Friday the 13th, like, literally Jason X, you have him taking, like, one girl and, like, slam, like, him, like you're in sleeping bags and he slams him against a tree. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, that's funny. But, like, I feel, like, I, I can't imagine Michael Bay going back to Rob's famous quote of all time about Ben Affleck asking him about, like, uh, <laughs> why wouldn't we just train astronauts yes. to blow up the giant space meteor? And what did he say, Rob? Why, yeah, why are we training astronauts to drill? Why wouldn't we train drillers to be astronauts? And Michael Bay said, shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the thing, right? I could see them looking, especially considering that, like, Platinum Dooms, everything was supposed to be taken so seriously. Yeah. I could see them looking at the campiness and hokiness, which was 100% like in Freddy vs. Jason. 100% like in Jason Takes, not as much in Jason Takes Manhattan, but, like, it bec- like slasher characters have become hokey at that point. Mm-hmm. And I could see them being like, oh, we're going to, like, deliberately make this is just, like, Oh God! Straightforward and sterile, like to character as possible. Yeah, yeah. in a weird way, they kind of like it backfired on them. There's a legit argument to be made that this is even goofier than any of the other fights. Exactly. Unintentionally goofy. It, yeah, unintentionally. I, that, and I think that's probably why I love it so much as, oh, a, yeah. as a comedy of errors because they play it so seriously. That's what I mean. Like, but again, you have those moments with like with the Asian guy Chewy. It literally turns into slapstick when he has a hockey stick and he's breaking things in the in the woodshed or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> but again, like that, like you have that, and like why do you need that? Like, like not that you don't need it. But, like, it just feels superfluous. Yes. Considering yes. that, like, like, you have all these moments, like, even, like, you have a blonde-haired guy, like, a oh, fuck Christmas t-shirt man, which yes. we should talk about, <laughs> uh, which, which is hysterical in and of itself, and blonde, other blonde woman. Yep. And, like, you have the idea, like, they're driving in the car, and he's like, Trent should have known that the moment he told me not to drive, I would have driven it. What's that say about me? She's like, that makes you a sociopath. <laughs> and, it's like, and he's like, yoo-hoo! And she then goes like, what? does that say about me that I find that hot? Oh, yeah. And, it's like, and that's the scene. And it cuts away. Yeah. And we're just like, mm, okay. Oh! Now, what does that say about me that the second that Trent said, don't take my boat out, it was guaranteed that I would? Hmm? It means you're a sociopath. Now, what does it say about me that I find that hot? <laughs> like that's what I mean. Like it's just it's just there for the sake of being there. Yes. And then like you have like even the moment with the, the black dude like wanting to like jerk off and he can't find any good like spank. That was so weird stuff. because he's doing it in the common area yeah. when he knows people are coming back. How fast can he masturbate? Like, what is what is going on in that scene? Like, and it goes on. Go to like, a bathroom. Go to a bedroom. But like that's the thing. It just this movie feels. Hor- and he's even he turns around because he doesn't like the deer head looking at him. It's ridiculous. It's that idea. Like just everything about this feels so horribly uninspired. Yes. Like even Jason. Like I said, we talked. I know Rob's kind of laughing like all different like iterations of Jason. Um, I, I want Rob right now to go on Google, type in like different versions of Jason into Google Images, and like. Like, versions, like, you have the first, well, the first one doesn't really count. Second one is the Elephant Man sack. Third one's the hockey mask. Yes. Third and fourth are identical. Fifth is not really Jason. Sixth is when he becomes a zombie. Seventh is when he becomes more of, like, a brute. And then you get, like, eight. And, like, you remember from the game. Like, every Jason kind of has its own flavor. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this is legitimately just, like, a wife beater in, like, a jacket. Yes. And pants. And, like, in, not in pants, just slacks. And, like, it's so... And you even get to think about it. He's also lit so weirdly that you never even get to get a good look at him. He's just always, like, 
poorly lit and just moving awkwardly. Yeah. He shot awkwardly. Yeah. Um, I found a grid of the Jasons throughout the show years. Show Jeremy. Show Jeremy. I, Jeremy I love that they have the, the 1980 like prosthetic doll that pops out oh, of the yeah. water. At the the, mo the mongoloid that <laughs> yeah, pops just, out of the just water. Just like front frame, you know? <laughs> But yeah, then he's then he's they all have their own flair. The markings are a little different yeah. on the mask. The mask might be a little different color. Uh, the nineteen ninety three one that Jason goes to hell. Jason goes to hell. That's the one where the mask is the like skin is like burnt melted. into yeah. his face. Yeah. I love growing, that look. Skin's growing yeah, over. yeah. Um, Jason X, of course, looks like a lizard man type of thing. Well, that's, well, that's weird because, like, you can see, because in Jason X, he's also uber Jason. Yes. That's when he gets rebuilt. But, like, this is very much, like, they're deliberately stripping it. Yeah. They're stripping it so much to make it, like, that's the thing. It's almost as if they intentionally made this film to be bland. Exactly. It, it's, the, it's the old adage of, like, you make a film for everyone, you make something for no one. Yes. Is that, like, yes. and that's the problem. Like, you give it no character to appeal to every, any, everybody, and guess what? No one can't find anything to latch on to. That, definitely. I know we've talked about that a lot before, and I, and I always say that, you know, or we've always said especially that, you know, you, you want a director with a vision and let them do their thing. I don't think Marcus Nispel has a vision. But this is the thing, though. The 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre is so much its own thing. That's true. That that's feels like such a departure from that original yes, film. Yes, yes. And that's yeah. more of a reimagining. Yeah. This is a, a remake. It's not even, you know, it, it just feels, it's like. Or rehashing, almost. Yeah, rehashing. Yeah, that's what it feels like. It's just like, it's just, it's they're doing it because they can. Mm -hmm. they, and I think that's why you didn't get another Friday the 13th movie. After this, like immediately, yeah. because I think they got so I think they spent so much money on this, just thinking it was gonna be a slam dunk. Mm -hmm. um, I I don't know what also horror movies came out in two thousand eight. Like, I don't know what would have come before this that they would have felt like because at that point, like Halloween two, Rob Zombie Halloween two was two thousand seven. Uh, yeah. That was noticeably less than the first uh, Rob Zombie one. Um, again, Freddy had been out of commission since Freddy vs. Jason. Yep. And even Texas Ch the prequel to the remake for Texas Chainsaw Massacre, I think it did okay. okay. I th it, it did fine, but like it probably didn't make as money as they wanted it to. Um, I think that first one, the, the 2003 remake, did like $80 million, which is great for that time period. Everybody forgets that Freddy vs. Jason, the 2003 remake, like made almost the same amount of money. They both were extraordinary okay. hits. Um, they both came out within like two months of each other. One was August of two thousand three. One was October. Mm -hmm. Like I talk about, really back to back. Like just like again, the genre was still there. Yeah, no. I, I honestly, if I had to guess, and I have nothing to go on this based on other than just my own intuition, sure. understanding of Hollywood. This had to have lost the money in a short term sense. Yeah, and it feels like they got burned, and that's why they they just backed off. And I think uh, for, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street just bomb that. I think it did slightly better because okay. Freddy's just more of an established property. And I think there was that curiosity factor yeah. of Jackie Earl Haley, yeah. especially after Watchmen. Um, yes, of course. I, I think there was that. It did slightly better, but still, it was very much not the barn burner they anticipated. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, it's a like you said. We're gonna get another Friday the Thirteenth. We just don't know when. But this is the thing, though, is that like, like this is the fact. And like, so we promise we'll get back to the movie. But like, it's we that got, we got teens to talk about. I know. <laughs> but like, it's just weird though. Like, we live in like you have to. Like, I look at it now. Like before, a couple years ago, it would be like uh, they must must considering that once again, Jason, Freddy. Well, I don't even know who has the rights to all this now. Like, they must be thinking about just getting all the rights to all this stuff. Cause, sure. And just being like, okay, shared universe still being the magic phrase. Mm -hmm. And like, okay, like, what do we do with this? And like, I don't, they must have kicked the tide. At some point, someone must have commissioned to Freddy vs. Jason. Like, yeah. re even like a remake, I guess, in the sense of like just doing that again, like pitting them against sure. each other. Sure. Because like, there's also, the again, the million-dollar question of how do you ignore the success of Hollywood uh, Halloween 2018? 
Yeah, exactly. Which what, but guess what, though? You went very, you took it very seriously, yes. and you paid homage, but you also had those weird, goofy moments as Rob remembers, the <laughs> idea of, like, the two cops sitting in the car being like, I got you a Vietnamese sandwich, <laughs> but because you're white <laughs> trash, I had it done with peanut butter and jelly, yes. and it goes on Jeremy. And Jeremy's looking at me right now. He, he has like, this confused look. He's just like, like, what? And it's like, and Rob, like, it goes on, what, for like five minutes? Yes. It's like the movie just stops dead in its tracks exactly. to have this yep. comedic beat. And yeah. it's With so that, unearned. And even the, and even, you know, I, when I watched it, I actually kind of liked the Halloween 2018 version. Um, I, I even thought it was goofy in the plot points. Like when the doctor puts the mask on, like that after they going hit the for, car. Yeah. I know what they're going for, but I'm like, this is just work. ridiculous. It doesn't work. Yeah. And yeah. the problem is that they, like, that's the thing though. Like they tried to, they tried something different and it didn't work. I'm, I'm willing to forgive them if they're trying. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. But like you have those, like in that movie also, we'll definitely, like, Rob, the, like, okay, I always hate saying like putting like Monstober into motion before it happens. <laughs> but like I was tempted to do Halloween 1978 this year okay. because we had Halloween Kills coming out in October. Yes, but because of the timing, I think that comes out like mid-October. We have to really kind of just like kind of run that through. Mm -hmm. So I felt, but again, there's unless we have another the world falls apart again for like the third time in like a year, um, <laughs> we have Halloween Kills again, which yeah. would be the capper to this quasi trilogy. Yeah, maybe we'll do that next year as in Halloween, Halloween. Halloween Kills, Halloween Kills again. Sure. The first time we did four movies at once. Oh, lives. okay. <laughs> um, or maybe we'll do three. Then one is its own episode. Who knows? Sure. Um, okay. but, but again, like this is the thing though. You have Halloween 2018, which was the definition of just like wow, like this is doing a number we never thought it could. Yep. Yep. And then you like, again, it was doing a blockbuster number. And then you have the idea of like these legacy sequels, like as Rob will say, Space Jam Two. Where it's like, yes. it's just like, we are just going to shit this through. Yeah. Like, it's just like, it is just excrement. Yep. yep. Um, and that's the thing. You have the, we're paying homage and we're playing it pretty close to what we should be doing. And we're doing it well overall. Then you have just, we're doing this for the sake of doing it. We're Absolutely. doing it because we like money. Yes. yes. Um, and that, but the thing about Friday 13th though is that it doesn't have that Laurie Strode. It does not have, think about it, Jamie Lee Curtis is one of those weird actresses right now in Hollywood where almost every generation appreciates her. Oh, absolutely. Because you have, you have grandma and grandpa that not just like remember her from like, oh God, Halloween but she also was the Activia commercials. Well, yes, yes, <laughs> you're not wrong. But like, she's also getting like like Hollywood like like yeah. royalty as yep. in like Janet Lee, all of that. Tony Curtis. Sure. Then again, you have Activia, of course. Yep. Um, but that ties into more like that same group. But you also have people who grew up with like the Freaky Friday remake from mm -hmm. 2003. Yeah. Yep. And they're like, oh. And that's the thing. Jamie Lee Curtis is like a ubiquitous actress. Everybody pre appreciates her. She hasn't done anything to ruin her career. You know, she's had a couple of weird movies. And everybody forgets. Like I remember again, that was part of the infamous rant from the uh, the final episode of 2018 for Cinemodies. Is that like Jamie Lee Curtis already went to reboot the Halloween franchise in H2O. Yeah. <laughs> they already rebooted it and they killed her off in, in uh, what was it? Resurrection. Yep. So like, I, I never understood people got excited for the fact of her coming back. She's come back and it didn't work. Mm -hmm. But it, Again, I took it seriously. It wasn't campy. It wasn't yeah. a modern reimagining for the the 21st century. But again, Friday the 13th doesn't have that. The closest thing it has to that is Tommy Jarvis. Yes. Betsy right. like that's Betsy right. Palmer is dead. Plus Betsy Palmer never they apparently won her in Freddy vs. Jason, but they wouldn't cut her a large like they wouldn't pay her any money. Mm -hmm. They just kind of won her for like a free lunch, and she said no to that according to Hollywood lore. <laughs> um 
It would be Tommy Jarvis. And the problem yeah. is that Tommy Jarvis is not ubiquitous to mass audience. Definitely not. I don't think I had any idea who he was when we started playing the game. And you were like, yeah, you know, you have a, when you die, you have a chance, as a counselor, you have a chance to come back as Tommy Jarvis. And I'm like, who the hell is Tommy Jarvis? <laughs> but this is one of those ones where, like, we live in that age now where you can get, it's like, it's that phenomenon now we live in. It's the Marvel phenomenon. Again. Yes. Like, as we're recording this, Shang-Chi just came out. Nobody knows what that is. Well, nobody knows what it is, but there are ten rings in it. Ten bracelets. Are there's out. ten. The title is telling me ten rings. I'm very excited that there's ten of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, you get me disappointed. Um, but it's the idea that like you, we live in a world now where like you announce these things and you let the nerds to have the, the as much as I hate saying this influencers do their job and sell the public. Yes, absolutely. And that's the thing. Like, we do live in a world where, like, marketing isn't just simply there to just, like, sell a great product. Sometimes the marketing has to sit there contribute as much as the production does. Absolutely. And like I said, I think you could do this. Um, I think there's also the very real possibility that, like, if any... Again, they want Rob... From the rumor is that Robert England will come back at some point. Oh, he okay. wants his... As much as I think everybody loves Freddy versus Jason, it's just, like, the, again, another romp. Mm -hmm. um, I think he he's always forever... And this goes back to Freddy's Nightmares, the TV series. The pilot of that show being the idea of, like, Fred Krueger being, like, in prison. And yeah. All that, or being, like, the trial that... Now that he's of that age to play that, I think he wants that so bad to do the dramatic aspect of it. Where, okay. where it is his face... And that would be the first, like, 10, 15 minutes of the movie. Then you go into Freddy Krueger. Yeah, yeah. And I think he wants that really, really bad. I just think, again, once again, the studios are just terrified of just, like... But again, it's also the fact, too, that, like, we've talked, again, before we started recording, that, like, that's no longer... Nightmare on Elm Street is no longer a studio property. Yeah. It's yeah. now, like, the property's in the hands of the original creator, Wes Craven, who is in Wet Day. <laughs> and it's his family's estate gets to decide. So somebody has to either pitch them a great idea... Yeah. Or they have to be written a check large enough that they just don't care. Exactly. And think about too, even if you write them a large check, it's the idea that if it's a really bad movie, guess what? You've kind of tarnished the brand. Yeah. And that's yeah. why I would imagine. And plus, too, you can think about it, like why why bother risking it? Because as long as people can keep they can keep licensing things out, video games, toys, yep. posters, what why risk? If you're already making, let's just say, let's say twenty five million dollars on licensing a year, mm -hmm. why would you risk that? You know, you might make, I don't know. Fifty million one year. Why would you risk burning that bridge? Exactly. It's the, it's the uh, you'd want to take the gamble or just stick with the consistent income. Yeah. And I, I mean, it makes total sense. And especially and the last one was such a kind of a mess across the yeah, board. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I, you're right about the when you when you mentioned Freddy's nightmares. I think there's a lot of fun stuff that they could do with that. Okay. But I'd want to see with Freddy. Perfect chance to get Mariska Hargitay to do something other than Law and Order SVU, which will never happen. I know it's really funny. I was watching some like a retrospective on Freddy's Nightmares, and people said that's one of the better episodes of that TV show. It's wild. It's yeah. It's it, weird. It's really so weird. I, that's the one of the only. I only watched a handful of that show, but that I watched the Mariska Hargitay one because I was like, oh, Mariska Hargitay when she's young and not doing Law and Order. You know what? It, what was she like as an actress? And the first half of the episode is her as like a mortician, yeah. and she's like she's seeing the dead bodies come to life, and it's like. Freddy is chasing her through the dead bodies, and then the episode takes a huge left turn, and it's revealed that she's, the whole first half with the mortician stuff was a dream, and she's in, like, a sleep study, and the scientists are yeah. studying Freddy through her dreams, and I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> I didn't know this, apparently, like, that show was split into two different segments, where, like, the yes. first segment 
is one thing, and then like the plot twist is halfway through, like oh, it's not what you think it oh, was. Oh, so they do that in like every episode. Apparently, okay, that's okay. my. I've never, like I said, Rob got me all that, but unfortunately, that show has never been released in good quality. Oh no, no. Like, it's it, Goosebumps it, quality. It, it's, it's Goosebumps vision, <laughs> and like it's and it's not something worth watching in Goosebumps vision. <laughs> well, there's no nostalgia for it. You're trying to fight the problem is that, like where Rob knows where everything. It's the reason why Rob loves Goosebumps yes. vision, and I am very frustrated by it because Rob knows <laughs> where all the nooks and crannies are. I'm trying to experience this for the first time, and I'm just like kind of like bad. Baffled is the one I'm looking at, and it's hard to experience something as if like you want to emulate the experience of having cataracts. Yes, maybe we we need Jeremy on for a future Goosebumps episode. We do it every year at the end of September, uh, so I can give you Goosebumps episodes that are maximum twelve pixels. <laughs> like the quality is terrible, and That's I bad. love it. <laughs> okay, so I see what you're saying about everything, and ah, who knows what we're gonna get? I have so many ideas. I want you know. I'm just like, just get me a video, get me a movie where I get my PlayStation trophies. Yes. He's like, yes, he's like, like if I had to watch a movie that would give me, finish up the day Rob's like, I'll buy, 13th Rob's like, I will buy the Blu-ray as long as there's a little code I can scratch and unlock my trophies. <laughs> I'll be happy. That damn, like, 0.01% of people have it, the Thousand Jason thing. No, I'm even thinking, like, like I mentioned Annabelle before. I want, like, a, a Friday the 13th movie where they kill Jason, like, maybe they chop Jason's head off at the end. But it's still moving, and then it's somehow revealed, like in a Men in Black type twist, that like Annabelle is in its chest controlling him or something. I think that'd be wonderful. <laughs> Go goofy with it, like this movie. It's goofy, and I think is that a, are we are we going to talk about our teens? We got to talk about our yes, teen characters. Got, yes. I love our teen characters. I don't know, Jeremy. Anything about the franchise as a whole? Are you learning a lot from about Friday the Thirteenth? <laughs> Quite a bit. <laughs> okay. Okay. More any, than I ever expected. Any thoughts from Babu Frick? <laughs> Babu's happy. Okay, right on, right on. Okay, so you mentioned... We mentioned them all briefly. I think the one that ba basically doesn't matter, which is upsetting to me, is Danielle Panabaker. I love seeing Danielle she's, Panabaker. Like, that's... Okay, she's... She has a, nothing to do. Her head is... Face is crooked in this movie. She looks very <laughs> weird to me. And I said this while we were recording and, and or watching the movie, and you guys are like, okay, Rob, yeah. <laughs> but she's like... I remember, like, finding out she was in this, and I'm like, oh, okay, because I remember her from Stuck in the Suburbs, yes. another one of those uh, films that was very close to being spoken... Uh, talked about on Cinematis yep. until, like, Rob and I both watched... I rewatched it, Rob watched it, and we were like... Like, this is okay. Yeah. There's literally nothing to talk about in this yep. movie. Like yep. it would be like a dry. Like, we couldn't even make fun of it. Like there's goofy <laughs> moments, but like it's so earnest. Yep. It's like like you just you're just kind of just like laughing at a kid riding a tricycle and falling over. It's like it's like you're more <laughs> yeah. of a bad. Like it's one. It's trying, so you can't really like make fun of it. Except for what's oh god, what's his name? SNL man. Oh, Taron Killam. Yeah, yeah, he's he's yeah. amusing in that. Um, but no, so like, I remember like, fine, I remember her again, I was from her Disney Channel days, and then like, seeing this, being like, oh, and I can still remember in the theater when she gets impaled, being genuinely shocked. Cause she, she's, shocked cause she's the good, cause she's the good girl. Yeah, I, I was shocked that none of our teens make it out. You know, the only, like, the clay, well, Supernatural guy and Whitney. They're more adult, like, really. It exactly, feels, it feels like they're yeah. adults or everybody I else. I thought isn't. for sure Daniel Panamaker was going to make it. Like, 100%. Well, that's the thing, though. Like, somebody who loves, like, and this is me back in 2009, because at this point, I, I wasn't as steeped as I, as I am now, but mm -hmm. I still understood the genre, how things work. You never have three. You never have an odd number. Sure, sure. Um, It's always the man, the woman. Yeah. If you're even allowed that. You never have three walk <laughs> yeah. out. Um, that means you have an impotent villain. So, like, I remember sitting there just being like, okay, like, she's... Panabaker's clearly being set up to be the love interest. Yeah. But at the same time, the sister has been kept alive, so it'd be weird to kill her off now. Mm -hmm. And then you have, okay, you have Supernatural guy. So it's like, okay. But at the time, I remember just kind of like, okay, how'd they get their way out of this? And then when they killed her, I was like, man. But, like, even though she's the good girl, relatively speaking... 
she kind of doesn't do anything. No, yeah, that's she why I wanted to start along. with her. She has nothing, nothing really to do. I think she has the, no romance to any of the male exactly. characters. Like she has like, and we know douchebag guy wants to sleep with her, yes. and she very much is kind of she genuinely she literally walks away. Yeah, she walks out of the scene. I was thinking it. I think when they get back into Jason's tunnels and they're trying to free Whitney from the handcuffs, I was thinking to myself like. Danielle Pennebaker's had like 10 lines of dialogue in this yeah. movie. She has so little to do. She she doesn't have anything, and it feels weird that her character is there. Yes, and but she looks strange. To me. I know, Rob. I know, Rob. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's seeing the Disney the Disney kid grown up into adult and just like, you, you're too big now, you know? <laughs> well, even, she also, like, she, again, I don't know what she's done recently, but I like, remember a few years ago someone told me to watch the Flash TV show. Oh, and yeah. And she has a large role in that. It, not even large, but she has a decent role in that, and like, and she's just even weirder than that. It's not even a really good role for her. She's there, okay. I get to paycheck for her, but like, it's not. She's by. She's more. She's a secondary character. She's not. She's Ooh. not a protagonist. She's born on September nineteenth. Her birthday's coming up. <laughs> At the time of this recording, not. Uh... What's she done recently besides the Flash? Uh, well, in two thousand five, she was an episode of Law and Order SVU called Intoxicated. I remember that episode. She kills her drunk mother. That's, oh. a, that's a not a bad. Oh. <gasps> she was in Law and Order LA. I gotta rewatch that episode. <laughs> So it looks like uh, she's in two episodes of Supergirl yeah. from 2017, well, that's, 2018. That's because of the crossover. Legends yeah. of Tomorrow, The Flash, 2014. So she's simply present. a DC TV actress. Yeah, it, like her, well, a lot of her credits from 2014 on are DC Killer TV. Frost and the DC TV stuff. And in 2018, she was in something called Christmas Joy, which does not have a Wikipedia page. It's a television film. <laughs> or probably a Hallmark or and, a Netflix movie. Yeah, movie was This Isn't Funny in 2015 is the last movie which she was ever non, in. Which is a non-existent film. Okay, yeah. Yeah, so she's not really doing much Well, well no, she's, she's a TV actress now. It's, yeah, yeah, basically. And she she's very, that one and role. in that first season of, again, I know The Flash has like really like gone nuts with like other things mm -hmm. since then, but like in that first season, she's just like, she's just like a bump on a log. Oh, she directed three episodes of The Flash. Good for her. Okay, Good so for her. So she's become more of a behind-the-scenes person. Yeah, okay, okay. Okay, yeah. Right on. Yeah, good right on. But yeah, she has nothing to do in this movie. I guess we'll run through the other women. One sex lady They're dies. both sex. They're both sex ladies. Well, one we have, one gets in a boat scene and gets hit with a little forward action, which we have to talk about. That is pretty good. Watching, like, uh, uh, Fuck Christmas Man, because, for the record, like, <laughs> uh, do you want to do real quick, I don't want to put Jeremy on the spot, but Jeremy, we keep saying this, can you please tell us about blonde, doofy hair <laughs> man in the t-shirt he's wearing? Will you please just tell the audience at home, so like, like is an objective third party. Yes. <laughs> Can yes. you please just tell the audience what it is that we're referencing? Uh, let's see. So you can be just, you can use two sentences, three if you have to. <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, he's uh, driving a boat and he gets hit in the head with an arrow. <laughs> that's, that's, that is his character. character. Yeah. That's his character. And for some reason, he's wearing a shirt that says, fuck Christmas, but the fuck is asterisk. The U and the C are asterisked out. I like and... to imagine the MPAA told them that they couldn't have it. So they had to digitally go in every shot and put asterisk yeah. on the two middle yeah. letters. Yeah. No, that, that is his character. He's one of the first teens... If not the first teen to die. Well, not counting the, the second prologue. Oh, yes, of course. Not counting the second prologue of our main group in the in the third movie. Yeah, he's the first one to die. He's the first one because he kills the hick before. We'll have to get to the hick. Oh, God. And the mannequin scene. That, we'll get to that. But yeah, his character is set up to die. And he doesn't have really much to do. But like, even how do. his death is like cut together. Yes. It's like, she's like, okay, thing. she's wakeboarding topless because why Why not? Mm -hmm. And, I, 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 but that's one of those things where I, I oh, God. How did that happen? Do you think that was in the script? Like, like, what is that ad? Like, like having her, like, she's an, like whoever the actress is, she's an attractive woman. Yes. Having her with a top on is not. Like, is that going to bring? Like, is someone going to be like, you know what? 
I kind of was on the fence about this, but now there's somebody topless in it besides the first lady from the from the second prologue. I you know I got my money now. It's like it's like, yeah. like I'm gonna go see it now. It's like like why? Like it's it's just a peculiar choice. <laughs> like clearly any actress would prefer not to be topless for many yeah. reasons, but like okay, it makes actually it makes me think of uh, what is it? Piranha Three Double D. There's someone. Was that another? Who was in that? Was that Daniel Panabaker again? Uh, no, I didn't see that. Who's in Piranha Three Double D? We'd have let's, we'd have to find out who the hell's in that. But I remember there's a a nude or not I'm nude but like a topless Daniel Panabaker. A topless. I'm almost holy certain. shit. You're right. <laughs> oh, <yes. laughs> holy shit. I knew right. that was her. <laughs> She's not. All right, we're doing Piranha Three Double D right now. Jeremy, get back. Get the DVD player primed. We're talking about. <laughs> I remember. I feel like there's a. Um, a, a topless wakeboarding scene in that movie, yeah, but it's a porn star. Like it's an actual yeah, yeah, yeah. porn it's star. Somebody that wouldn't mind. Well, that happened exactly. in Piranha 3D. Oh, okay. That I might two, be confusing. Where they actually yeah. hired like they had one actress and the other one was a legit like porn star. Yes. Yeah, I might be confusing them because they're only I, one D apart. I, I'm re- <laughs> indeed, uh, indeed. Ah. Um, that's my that's my comeback for uh, all the Tron references between Ben and Rob. <laughs> how many months ago? Um, I do want to say as we were watching this. And we had, like, the, um, your tits are stupendous, like, gratuitous sex scene. Yes. I was thinking about, like, the reason why we, like I said in the earlier part of this discussion, I picked this. I wanted to pick something nostalgic, something mm-hmm. you remember. A, a fun romp. And then I remembered, man, I should have done Piranha 3D. <laughs> um, technically, that would fit into Monstober, you know? Would. The the Piranhas are the monster. I know. And Jeremy didn't see that either. Yep. And that was, yep. A, that was an interesting movie-going experience That would also... Well. Okay, maybe maybe that's one I'll have to put in the spreadsheet to remind us for next year because that is also what is also... Uh, you gave me with Spring Breakers. That's probably three double D. Okay, okay. Breakers. So, so... Yeah. But remember, I, the, the greatest... The D's are throwing I, me I off. <laughs> but remember, Piranha 3D has the greatest... Has another... It's almost up there with... Um, oh, God. Where Are You Gun? Okay. And on top, it has the moment of... DJ Chocolate Thunder, spin that shit, and it just God. comes out of nowhere. And like, like you, you remember, you and I didn't even sit together for that because you came in later with Jarrett. Yes, and yes. like, and like, we're just like, you can just hear uh, him and I. It's very similar to Rob's infamous Rise of Skywalker story, story where he just audibly exclaimed <laughs> for the spy. For the yeah. spy, where just you hear him and I just laughing. It's just like DJ Chocolate Thunder, oh my God. spin that shit. If you can find that, that clip, that. please yes, insert that. Yes, I'll have to. I'll have to um, I think that's up. Eli Roth too. That's the fun part. It's oh, Eli yeah. Roth. I think that was what he was like. like he just randomly shows up for no reason. What the fuck? This is the Lake Victoria Sheriff's Department. The sheriff has declared an emergency. Don't worry, we got Bill over here! But yeah, Piranha three D. Like that's okay. that's another one that's on this. It's on this tier, just like Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, that's Jerry O'Connell. That's, that's Jerry right. O'Connell, yes. possibly like in Oscar caliber performance. That oh is, man! Okay, when you mentioned just just Jerry because, O'Connell, just because you mentioned Jerry O'Connell, we were in my parents' house. It dug up a memory that I don't know if I ever told you because it's probably so repressed. But younger years ago, when I was living here, I remember like watching TV with my parents, and I think, like, Jerry O'Connell came on screen in a commercial or something, and my dad went, Jason Bateman looks terrible. (laughs) And I was like, that's Jerry O'Connell. I can't. I just remember that now, and that was so funny. Jason Bateman looks terrible. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh man. Okay. Okay. So that was good. That so was good. so sex woman, stupendous tits. Yeah. I guess we call yeah, her. Stupendous tits. Um, uh, she she dies. Oh, she's the one that gets hung up on the well, bathroom. Well, she's weird because like she's like because that's the thing too. Like they're having sex. Sister like bang mm-hmm. Whitney bangs on the window. Yep. Um, Jason next, takes her away immediately. Yeah. yeah. Then like next thing we know, like Jared Padalecki and Daniel Panabaker walk in, and Trent Douchebag Man is completely dressed as if nothing <laughs> happened. Like he looks like continuity wise the same. Like yeah. before he went to the bedroom, and then we see Stupendous Tits walks out like with like a button up shirt. Yeah. Which you would think would be his, but it can't be because he's wearing his shirt. <laughs> sure. And it's just that, like it's clearly the post coitus look. Yeah, yeah. And then like obviously like like the the black guy goes out with his walk Captain America shield. Yes. Which, so, yes. which is gonna be my Halloween costume, you guys. Digs <laughs> that in like a fire poker. Um, what are you dressed up as? You ever see Fight of the Thirteenth Part Twelve? <laughs> um, so like you have that, and like uh, Stupendous Tits gets like what? She just gets like it goes into mental breakdown mode. Oh yeah, she starts freaking out, and we're like, where did this come from? <laughs> yeah, she, she's like rocking back and forth, yeah. and she's like, oh yeah. There's, there's a scene where it cuts to her, and she goes, shut up, and we're all like, nobody's saying. <laughs> there's no sound. Yeah. Shut up! Shut up! Shut up! <laughs> And then, like, we see her, like, she goes to a bathroom. We, we assume it's somewhere upstairs? Yes. And then, like, she goes into the bathroom, walks into the bathroom, like, like looks, and it's, it's not, it's a small bathroom, but it's, like, like a one-person-sized bathroom. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not a, a large one. Yeah, yeah. We see her, like, go up to the shower curtain. Mm-hmm. We see the windows open. Yes, we yep. see the windows open. But, like, it's the definition of, like, what would you call that, Rob? Like, looking at, we're looking at Rob's downstairs window now. It's, like, that window is what, maybe... Three feet by three feet. Sure. There's no way a like look up anybody. Please Google (laughs) Rob. Would you please Google Derek Mears' height? Height. Oh yeah, he's a Um, big dude. Yeah. There's no way like I'm pretty sure none of us could fit through a three by three foot window, especially on the second floor. No. We would be very hard pressed to do that. He's six five. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. He's he's got he's got to weigh at least what two hundred and twenty pounds at least. I would. Yeah. Because he's yeah he's in a. No way on file. Uh, one hundred eighty-seven point three nine pounds from Wick Wiccan bio. I have no idea what that is. Um, I'm, I'm, you I, know, I, actually, keep talking, Zach. I know. You're I'm going to look up Tadler. I'm going to go to our our very nice Tadler.com and oh, look that, up Derek that's a deep cut reference. But, but the, yeah, the nobody's fitting through that yeah. window. And also, there's like empty bottles in front of the window that Jason seemingly didn't knock over, yeah. or if he did, he put them back up. <laughs> and what happens that we if the camera cuts, we see her pull back the shower curtain. He's behind her, and he like it looks like he's about to strangle her. Like, I crush her windpipe. Yes. But he doesn't do that. He hangs her on, like, a towel hook. Yeah. And that seems to kill her. Yes. And that's also... I guess it would puncture... I don't know if it puncture a lung or something. Maybe she died from the shock? I Um, I don't know. I'm very sorry to say, Derek Mears does not have zero results on Tadler. I am very upset about this. Can Um, you please explain to Jeremy what Tadler is? Tadler is, Tadler is a website which... Is kind of not true half the time we found. It's questionable at best. It's very questionable, but for a lot of celebrities, you can look up their page and it gives you almost all the information you need to know about them. Like height, weight, spouses, what cars they own. Whether they smoke cigarettes. Whether they smoke or not, whether they have tattoos, that type of thing. And we we love this website because it's ridiculous. Um, I am, because I'm here, going to look up Daniel Pellbaker. Of course. Okay, okay, everybody, let's take a bet. Do you think Daniel Pellbaker smokes? Ooh, I don't. I think so. I'm going to say yes while the page is loading. She's like a bad girl, like a good girl gone bad. And I feel yes. like if you get through the Disney era, you have to, you be, smoking have to be a smoker, I think. You're smoking something. Ooh, it says no, never. 
Really? She says no, never. Is she married to like a Christian man? Uh, I feel like she might be like married to like a country singer that like, or like a Christian like rock artist. Uh, relationship status, dating since 2010. How long since this was updated? This feels like almost like Wikipedia. I have no idea. I feel like this is something that Wikipedia should be. Okay, consult Wikipedia about this. The smoking thing is very alarming. I don't believe that. <laughs> I'm calling shenanigans on this, folks. Uh, just to, just to say in the in the in the family relationships. So uh, relationship dating since 2010. Sexuality straight. Current boyfriend Zachary Abel. Oh, that sounds like a country music. Okay, artist. this is getting weird. Ex boyfriends or ex husbands. Two are listed. Jesse McCartney. Okay, that sounds sense. believable, That's right? Disney Channel. Second stuff. one, James Woods. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on, Rob. Investigate it. Investigate it. Real time fact check. Oh, I don't know. I kind of just want to think that James Woods was dating Amanda <laughs> Baker at some that's, point. They got have that, like tw- at least twenty years between each human, other. Rob, Rob, James Woods is the human equivalent of a cigarette. <laughs> that's a good point. Uh, okay, Wikipedia says she's been married since 2017 to Hayes Robbins, who does not have a Wikipedia page. Okay. Um, well, she. Oh, we have to see. We, come on, Rob. Investigate. I'm gonna James do. Woods. I'm gonna do a James. What's Daniel Panabaker search? Oh, God. Uh, I searched James on her Wikipedia page, and it links to one of the. Uh, cited articles, and I have no. Uh, oh, it's about something she starred in with James Woods. I don't know if I want to know more. What's the age difference? Find the age difference. <laughs> That's a good question. So she so, was what nineteen like ninety? Uh, yeah, so she was born in eighty seven. Oh, wait, oh, wow. uh, so old? she's um. Oh, she was twenty two. Uh, in this. She's thirty three now. Well, she'll be thirty four by the time of this recording because we mentioned her birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Daniel James Panabaker. Woods. I mean, uh, Wikipedia is going to say <laughs> something like you know immortal or something like that. <laughs> like, uh, takes the power of cigarettes. <laughs> He was born in 1947, so they have 40 <laughs> years between them. Uh, oh my god. That is... That just is... Google. Please just Google Daniel Panabaker, James Woods' relationship, or dating, <laughs> whatever, whatever buzzword you want to use. We need yes. to know. We need to know Dan- the facts. The, Danielle, the, the word Danielle does not appear anywhere on James Woods' Wikipedia page. Well, if they just dated, it's not going to be on his Wikipedia page. Mm. Please, please, please. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! Yes. Oh no! Yes! Um. Oh god! <laughs> this. What the fuck is this even saying? Uh. So this is from Who's Dated Who dot com. So Who's Dated Who dot com slash dating slash Danielle Panabaker and James Woods. Sources one. Compatibility, two hearts out of five, 49%. James Woods and Daniel Panabaker had an encounter in July 2008. And then it just seems to give some bias. Reference, reference, celeb buzz. Okay. James Woods and Daniel Panabaker. They dated for a month. They dated for a month. Uh, This, I think this just gave me the homepage of celeb buzz. Yeah, so the link's gone. But look, look, when I I Googled this... In, I couldn't find this on the page. This is Panda Baker and Woods' short-term relationship. We're seen together in New York in Feb 2009. Oh, that might be the image, the image uh, flavor text or something. In 2008, there were rumors that Woods was dating Danielle Panda Baker after they were pictured together near a lunch outlet. <laughs> so it's possible. This is it's possible. not the information I wanted to learn. Uh, <laughs> 40 during this recording. <laughs> 40 year age difference. That is That's pretty hot. wild. That's hot. All right, that derails this. And movie. it was when she was twenty <laughs> in two thousand eight. Oh Jesus! Oh, oh, and not th- according to me, me all m e a w w dot com. This article says the uh, they found they were pictured together at lunch outlet and continues to say 
Panabaker was just 20 at that time, and not just that, paparazzi even caught the couple sharing a lip lock. Where do we find this picture? <laughs> I don't know, in hell? This is like, I'm glad I'm on my parents' Wi-Fi. Rob's <laughs> <laughs> like, the VPN is turned off here. I searched Daniel Panabaker James Woods kissing. I don't know if that is Daniel. That's definitely James Woods. I don't know if that's <laughs> Daniel Panabaker because she's not facing the camera. But man, okay, we've uncovered things I wish we did not uncover in this. <laughs> 40 years old. Oh, okay, okay. So, yes, uh, we were on the topic of... Rob Russell, can I ask you a question? Which is okay. grosser? Which would you rather <laughs> like to do? See Daniel Panabaker in James Woods kiss or step into the, like, like murky, scummy water in Jason's, like, Ooh. bathroom mother shrine? Both are going to kill me slowly. <laughs> so I can't, I can't use the quick and painless way out of this. Remember, <laughs> um, you can always wash the muck off exact, of you. I think that's there's, what I'm thinking. There's bleach. Yeah, bleach I think exists. I might even go further to say I'll do something like the uh, ice bucket challenge with Jason's dirty bathroom <laughs> rather than see that picture or see it in person. Ugh. I also have to say, just because Wikipedia, we said she's married to someone else in 2017, we get the question on Tadler. Will the relationship of Daniel Panabaker and boyfriend Zachary Abel survive 2021? <laughs> I think I think we know the answer. It didn't work out. <laughs> that picture of James Woods and Daniel Panabaker is a horcrux. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just to, uh, just to finish up, Daniel Panabaker's Tadler uh, hairstyle, sexy. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> Distinct feature, cheeks, which I, I guess I could see. Okay. Did she, have a, did she have a sister that was also a Disney Channel? She has. There, I remember that name showing up again. Kay Panabaker oh. is her sister, and I oh. do not know did who she also is. date James Woods. Uh, <laughs> Google says she is an American zoologist. Really? <laughs> um, yeah, and let's see what she was in because I I feel I've heard that name too. Yeah, she was a Disney Channel for a little while. I remember, um, I remember there was two Panabakers floating around. She was in Phil the Future. Okay, there you go. So the, okay, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and she was in uh, the Lifetime. Oh, the ABC Family movie Cyberbully about stopping cyberbullying, which I've heard a lot about. Uh, that's another one i got to check out. <laughs> okay, okay. So this this all came from uh, a stupendous tits girl. She sees a window that Jason could not fit through, looks in the shower curtain. He's not there. Whoa, he's behind her. Hangs her on a hook, which I do have to say, I've performed that kill in the video game before. Yes, so that, that was a little fun, I guess. But that's also, too, like, like that's Halloween. We're like, remember there's the boyfriend, like, in the... Well, I wasn't seeing Halloween. Wasn't we saw Halloween proper. The original? Jeez. Yeah. Um, uh, the I kill don't know if I've ever gotten through the whole thing okay. again. There's a kill in the original Halloween that's very reminiscent. Okay, okay. So I don't know if Jeremy like... knows this, because I, 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 I think I told it when we did Friday the 13th Part 9. Um, my dad and I, or my dad like, had me watch the original Halloween when I was like 7 or 8 or something. And it scared the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I stayed away from horror for a really long time. So I don't think I've ever went back and revisited it. Oh, so more yeah, more fuel to the fire doing that. It's going to be a fun Monstober 2022. Yes, yes. But that's how she dies, and she's out but, there. But, but you have yeah. that moment, and like that's like okay, there's really nothing comical about that. Yeah, yeah. But the thing that's funny is like we have a douchebag man, and we have him, and he gets a gun. And, and he opens a closet door, shoots the closet because he sees two shoes yes. facing yes. outwards. Then they like hear a thud in the bathroom. Mm -hmm. He shoots the bathroom door, tries to open it, sees stupendous tits, like lifeless body yep, there, slumped over, and like yeah. leans back in, and goes, "She's dead." He got her. Very matter of factly, he's like, "She's uh, whatever her name." He is. got her. The tits are dead. Let's go. <laughs> like basically, and then I was. Just... Fuck! You got a gun? Let's go now. What are you doing? 
Give me the gun! Someone's in there! Check it out. Right off the bat, he's ready to go. And I love the idea. Like, I would have preferred it in a way that if he shot her. Like, she, maybe she was still moving and he shot her Oh, twice. that would have been great. Yeah, if she was, like, gagged or couldn't, like, talk for some reason. And he's, and like, he's a douchebag. She's thumping and trying to get somebody's attention. And he just unloads three bullets in their back, you know? Yeah, that would have been wonderful. Um, but that's, that's all she is. And she has a sex scene. But the first girl, the other not stupendous tits, the one who gets hit by the boat. Oh, yes. Hit by a boat. That's a great scene. I love that people getting hit by well, boats. Well, even he, like, like douchebag man with the Christmas shirt, he sits there, like, she, she's wakeboarding without yes. her top on. She falls off, even though we see her strapped in, yes. which makes no sense. And the editing really makes it look like she jumps off, which yeah. is terrible. <laughs> and on top of that, like, after that happens, he turns around to go pick her up. He goes, whoa! I grovel and start the club. Whoa! And then flack! Yes, it's, it's almost, a great, it's a great like smash cut of violence. But like, it's almost like, like on a level of just like Foley like design. Yes, it's very reminiscent of Ted Bundy. Like, holy oh, shit, look at that thwack! Yeah. It's that same level of like, there's like that rhythm pacing to it. Yes, like I would say it's the predecessor to holy shit, look at that. Thwack. Okay, okay, okay. I, can I, see I would that. like Rob that when he's editing this, please like. <laughs> Put those back to back so we let the audience decide. Thank God I have more than a month now to edit these things. <laughs> Thanks to the writer, I really appreciate it. Sure. Where are you headed? Silver Canyon. How about you? Me too. Are you from around here? Nah. <laughs> Holy shit. Look at that. Oh, yeah. No, that's a good point. I wasn't even thinking about that um, because. Whenever someone's gonna get hit by a boat, I can only think. You gotta hit him with a little of that reverse action. <laughs> Ow! Wake up, Al! Wake up! I gotta wake up off a boat, you motherfuckers. It's called a little reverse action. Check it out. Don't you do this, There Donnie. you go, fucker. No. Fuck you. Fuck off. I thought you were unconscious, Big Al. And I thought you were supposed to be a badass, Johnny. But we get forward action and it's still good. And but I like, do have to say, like you said earlier, the kill of the, the, the downward stabbing through the pier into her head and then like Jason like using the pier is almost like the, the thing to like get her off of his machete. That is probably the most interesting kill in the movie. Because at least it's visually like, wow, you know, what did I just see? It comes in a no it is a jump scare, which we have so many of in this movie, but at least it's there's something mildly it. interesting. Yeah. I even like the idea that like, the boat turns around and she sees it coming toward her. You think her reaction would be to swim away from it? Oh, yeah, and she's it's like, fun! Oh, you're playing around with me! And then just flash. <laughs> <laughs>
I like to imagine. I think we I think we talked about this like back twelve years ago. Think about that boat just kept like going there. Yeah, yeah, we never see it crash or anything. You think at some point we would see it like yeah? Because like we're led to believe that like the boat was on the other side of the lake. Yes. So it'd be great if like we saw like at one point just like all, all hell's breaking loose. We see the boat just like, like just ram the dock and just go airborne. <laughs> That's like something from a Mel Brooks movie, where in the beginning, like, a car goes, or a horse, like, that, that's gotta be in some, like, western thing, yeah. when a horse and buggy goes off, and then later in the movie, you see it in the background <laughs> still going, you know? That's what I mean, at some point, that boat had to crash. Yeah, you miss some opportunities with this Friday the 13th Part 12. <laughs> so, so those are good. Those are, I think, all our women. Other than Whitney, who yeah. doesn't have anything to do except yeah. be stupid and run away and get captured okay. and get captured or freed again. Should we talk about the men now? Yes, we got to talk about the men. So we talked about fuck Christmas guy. He's there to die. That's fine. Yeah, he's he's cut and dry. My favorite two characters in the movie are probably the black guy and the Asian guy. Who it turns out the Asian guy's character's name is Chewy, which yeah. I didn't realize until like two thirds. I, I remember the for the longest time. If you look up on Wikipedia for the movie, like there's a picture of him like signing autographs at a horror convention, and it's like actor whatever his name is. Yeah. He's highly praised for his performance as Chewy. Friday the Thirteenth, <laughs> two thousand nine. Like what? It's like, well, you know, you need something on your IMDb, uh, you know, bio, right? <laughs> but he was great. He was the only one that seemed to know what kind of movie I wanted this to be. And but he's like, he's like the classic stoner. But he has some funny stuff. I mean, shoot the boot. We, shoot the boot, of course. Shoot, I'm yeah, sure this boot. is going to come up when we talk about snacks. But he, he apparently, him and the black guy beat um, Trent and Stupendous, Stupendous Tits at beer pong. Ten times in an afternoon. That's a lot of beer pong. And they say, we like, you lost ten times. That doesn't mean that the, he sunk, like, you know, ten cups or something. No one would say that. So they've just been playing beer pong alone in this cabin. For, like, yeah, for like for the two whole hours. afternoon. For like yes. two, three hours, yeah. And so when, then they lose, they say, okay, apparently the, the punishment for losing ten times in a row at beer pong <laughs> is you have to drink beer out of Chewy's shoe. Yeah. And, which he was not wearing a sock Thank for, you. which we're told, and it's pretty gross, and Zach mentioned it while we were watching it, which I thought immediately, why would you ever pour a liquid into your shoe? I cringed physically. I don't, like, you know when you get, like, it's raining a lot, and you get, like, wet socks? It's like, that's one of the worst feelings. Like, I've, I've told my own students that we should get days off when that happens, because I don't <laughs> like that so much. And could you imagine, because Chewie's the one who eventually does drink the boot, he shoots the boot, could you imagine putting that back on? Oh, that's disgusting. That's that's disgusting. <laughs> that's the goriest thing in this movie, as far as I'm concerned. But then, so he dies with slow spike he to got, the neck yeah, in yeah. the woodshed uh, because he he wants to hit on stupendous tits and burns his lip on the... that scene. I've never understood that scene. That is such a weird scene. Yes, in this movie. yes, very. Like, much. She's just kind of like awkwardly gyrating, drunk, and then like. She he goes up to her with the uh, the shot of whatever liquor it is. Yep. She lights it on fire and he burns his lip and breaks a chair. Yes. Yeah. Falls backwards. He's like, my lip and he's like that. Trent's like that was a family heirloom. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, I can fix it, you know. And he goes to the woodshed and then the, we get that little button where the black guy's like, that's an ugly fucking chair. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so sorry. Fuck! I just, no, I can fix this. I just need some tools. He can fix it. You know what, you better pull some MacGyver shit. Alright, go to the tool shed. It's down the path. Yeah, okay. I'm, Trent, I'm sorry, man. You won't be disappointed. They don't call me the wood wizard because I, I masturbate a lot. Grab a flashlight, you fucking idiot. Thanks. 
Forget about it. We'll fix it. Let's go finish this. Ugly fucking chair anyway. And he's, he, Chewie's, I didn't want Chewie to die, you know? And I was even thinking hopefully we get something like a, uh, like the stoner from Cabin in the Woods where Chewie's not dead and there's a reveal and he helps him out or something just to see him more, but no, he's he's gone. This is too cut and dry for Yeah, story. exactly. And so he's gone. He has some funny stuff. Um, I think one of the first, is the first line from our group of teens in After the Two Prologues is when they open the back of the truck and he goes, babies have more room in the in the uterus or something like that. So he's great. I wish the whole, I think I said while we were watching it, I want the whole movie to just be him. If it was him versus Jason, where most of it is him just talking to himself and finding liquor in a cabin, I would have been all what about it. What was he it. drinking? He got really upset that he was just like, oh, like taking he was shots like, of it. Yeah, Lagavulin. He was like chugging Lagavulin, and I'm like, Lagavulin is a sipping, you know, scotch, and it's also disgusting. <laughs> That's where I said before the movie becomes slapstick. He finds a hockey stick. He he smashes a light bulb and all the glass falls, but the light bulb is still flickering for the rest of the movie. It makes no sense. But he's... I don't know. Anything about, about Chewie? Did we miss anything? Nah. I think the one thing which is more about all the teens, and is going to maybe get worked into snack snacks, Trent gets mad at them for playing an outside game indoors. Yes. From what I can tell, the outside game that they're playing is not one I've ever seen or heard of. What I'm gathering is that, like, Chewie, like, I don't know, turned around or covered his eyes... And the other teens, like, shook up a bunch of beers except one. And he had to, like, pick a beer and open it next it's to like his a eye. a weird form of Russian roulette. Yeah, and it's like, oh, if you pick up the beer that isn't shaken up, you're just going to get a beer. But if you pick up the one that's going to shake your mess. eye. You get a mess, yeah. And I'm just like, I've never heard of that before. And what kind of game is that? It's a waste of beer. <laughs> so I did, that, that's the other last chewy thing I had. And, of course, it seems like his best friend is the black kid, whose character name I never learned throughout the movie. I just know he does not want to be stereotyped. <laughs> Did you pick up his name? Do we know his uh, name? Okay. He yeah. has a name. He does have a name. I just don't know. Um, that And that brings me to the the very beginning of our teens. Some of that shit is really cringy at the outpost. When he's uh, like, you know, is that you think that's a good look, Trent? Asking the black guy to pump your gas and stuff like that? And I'm just like, oh, no. It goes nowhere, though. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like it's very, and he can kind of let the other girls be like, oh, like, what's your record label? It's yeah. Like rap. The rap. Why do you think it's hard. rap? You trying to profile me? And he's like, yeah, it's rap. Just because I'm black, then, I can't lose then, the green day? <laughs> then we have the, the, needle, the delicious needle drop right at that moment. <laughs> <laughs> is anyone getting a signal out here? You fuck with me right now? I got business I got to do this weekend. What business? Music. I'm trying to start a label. Oh, yeah? Uh, like what kind? Like rap? Why you gotta go racial? Look, don't put me in a box, all right? What, because I'm black, I can't listen to Green Day? You're right, that was dumb. So, what kind of music? Rap. Generic needle drop. Oh, so many terrible, too loud needle drops in this movie. Absolutely. But can we please talk, besides uh, Trent, can we please talk about the second best male character in the film? Oh, okay. Our not teen. Our, uh, our hick. What, what, what do we call him? He's a hick, right? Yeah. He's, a, he's a doofus, redneck hick. Oh, he's great. Uh, he, he apparently doesn't know how to properly cure and produce marijuana. Rob, Rob, okay, Rob. Okay. <laughs> Jeremy probably remembers Sal from high school. Right? Remember Sal? Oh my god, oh, yeah. that's right. Jeremy, you are the first person ever on this podcast that actually knew Zach and I back when we knew each... Everybody else 
has, has, come out has had less history with me. I didn't even think of that. Do you? But, but bring this back to oh, Sal. God. Do you remember a point in high school where Sal thought, okay, because remember, Sal, at one point, Sal was obsessed with marijuana, the idea of it. Yes. And Sal was convinced smoking marijuana was you take the leaf and you roll it up and you slice <laughs> on fire. And somehow that's how you smoked marijuana. Yes, sure. I think that is the same logic that goes into Hickman. Yeah. I think that same principle is like marijuana is just you inhale a leaf that it's like incense almost. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like you light on fire and you go near it. Yes, yeah, it seems it seems like that. Um, which you make a good point. You know what what would be the point of this movie to get into the finer details of yeah. this guy? You know, trimming and hanging weed to let it dry so it's actually smokable. Nobody cares about that. Now, if Jason started to get high at a certain point, I would have been all about that. That'd but be that, fast. Does not happen. That'd be fascinating if that were the case. Like Jason mm. just getting high. Like that'd be that'd be a fascinating oh, take yeah. on the character. Yeah. How about that? We do a we do a, like Friday the Thirteenth Part Thirteen. Where, you know, people are, like, Jason tries to kill a bunch of junkies, and they try and make them OD. They hit him with a bunch of needles that, or something. That, that kind of happens in Freddy vs. Jason. That's oh, a, that's a kind of, okay. Kind of. Kind of. Okay. That's a topic for But yes, day. this character, um, it's, the, it's almost, wonderful. A, it, it's superfluous. Oh, like, absolutely. There is no reason for this character to exist. He's there to die. He's even there to die less than I the Christmas guy. I don't, like, okay, there's the infamous case, I think it was Friday the 13th part it's either part two, three, or four. Okay. But there's the overweight girl eating the banana on the side of the road, and Jason kills her. Okay. You've probably seen that. I feel point. like, yeah, I feel like I've just. And everyone's just like, oh, Jason will like do anything. You don't have to do anything to get Jason to kill you. Okay. This feel, like, at least she's just sitting there eating a banana, and it's just almost like it's inexplicable. It's yeah. Like, okay, Jason just murders anything. Maybe bad. he doesn't like gluttony. Maybe he doesn't like bananas, like me. Fine. I don't like Whatever <laughs> it is. It's the idea that, like, this guy's. Like, somebody had to write all this dialogue. Yes. Because there are so many inexplicable, just jarring lines of dialogue from him. Like I said, like, what's he say about to Jared Padalecki about the weed? He's like, I'll fuck you up, man. You'll fuck you up, man. <laughs> yeah. And because, like, Jared Padalecki comes up and he's like, you know, I'm looking for my sister. Where's she at? He's like, nah, man, I've never seen her. I wish I had. Well, you want to buy some weed? Yeah, <laughs> I wish. I wish you had. He starts. Jared Padalecki starts to walk away, and he's like, "Hey, you want to buy some weed? I will fuck you up, man." <laughs> and Jared Padalecki's like, "You're not reading the room right now, man." <laughs> but like, you have that, and then like he comes back to like wherever he like lives, like the shanty, and like he climbs up the stairs. There's like a stuffed baboon that he's talking to. Yes. And then like he pulls out like a dirty magazine, like performs faux uh, acts of gratification on it, <laughs> which is like, why did we need this in this movie? And then he, we have him, like, like he hears a noise, he goes wandering through, like... The, he says, no one better be fucking with my weed or something like yes. that. Yes. And he goes, like, to the attic, he, like, finds a mannequin covered with a sheet, rips off, he's like, oh, baby. Like, he said, Rob will insert this. But oh, like, God, like, I will. it's glorious. Oh, it's, it's <laughs> like, uh, it's alleviate quality stuff Remember right Remember that night? That great time we had when you took my virginity. <laughs> it's just like, what? <laughs> yeah, it comes out of nowhere. It's like, oh my god. Gina, this is you, baby. It's been a long time, Gina. You remember that special night we had? Remember when you took my virginity? You're sexy. You're still tight as ever. I'm gonna fucking pound you so hard. And then, like, um, then, like, obviously, he's, like, feeling the mannequin up. We see Jason, behind, like, walk toward him. Yep, yep. And then, like, this is one of the more weird, like, genuinely, like, bizarre moments. He sees, like, somehow he has, like, cat-like reflexes. Jason goes, like, at him, and he just automatically just, like, swings back with his yeah. back. Where he's, like, in a moment, he's almost able to, like, just, like, repel Jason. It, it, it is so, the reaction time is so insanely quick for this dude who's smoking wet weed. And an idiot. And an idiot. And while he's reminiscing about his sexy time with his sex mannequin. 
Like, the, like this dude should be totally distracted. He yeah. should not be that quick to fight off Jason. And it doesn't even matter that he, he holds off Jason for a moment, because he just gets killed but right after. What, but what does he say when he gets Jason's bag off? Oh, when, when he rips the bag off, and we get, a, we get a quick shot of deformed Jason, which I wish we had more of in this movie. He says something like, uh, that shit ain't, that shit ain't right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you say to any deformed person? I mean, attacking you with yeah. a sharp object. Now I'm thinking back to when we had Josh on for Unsolved Mysteries, and we were talking about the skinwalker and all that stuff, and I think how Josh was saying how uh, he told some story where he saw some you know, um, deformed person in a supermarket, and it caught him off guard. Now I'm imagining you see like a, a deformed person supermarket and go, that shit ain't right, man. That would be so offensive. <laughs> Can you imagine, like, it's like, obviously we all went to high school together, and we, this will have to be bleeped out, but the librarian. Oh imagine, God, like, no. imagine, oh like, imagine, like, having class, imagine walking into the library for, like, one of those class sessions and being like, that shit ain't right, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm learning and digging up too many memories in this discussion. Okay, real quick, what would happen if you did that? Oh, and, then, and somebody heard you. What would happen? Ooh, back in the day or now? Let's do both. Sensitivity training. Like mandated sensitivity training. That's my answer for now, if that happened in Ar at Arlington. Um back in the day? Jeez, I don't know. I have no idea. Like it, I guess it would depend on who would hear it, right? Yeah. You know? Um God. Probably nobody has like, nobody back in our day has sense of humor. Exactly. Like nobody. Yeah. Like the kids didn't have a sense of humor, the teachers didn't have a sense of humor. <laughs> so like I feel like now someone would at least laugh at that. Like, imagine being yeah. like, in school suspension, it's like, what are you in for? Looked at the <laughs> library and said, That shit ain't right, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody would die laughing at that yes, now. Yes, like, absolutely. Um someone would probably laugh if you told the story in your sensitivity <laughs> training. Someone would be like someone would chuckle and they'd be like, Who is that? Okay, you got another week of this. <laughs> Okay, okay. Yeah, he's he's great. He had he lost his virginity to a mannequin. Yes. As most people do, he's I think. He's insensitive, um, disfigured. I also, I remembered um, when when Jared Padalecki first encounters him, he's working on the wood chipper, so they can set up the wood chipper for later. And Jared Padalecki, like, startles him or tries to get his attention, and, he's, and when he does get attention, he turns around and he's like, whoa, you snuck up on me. You came about that close to hitting the start button on the ass whooping machine. <laughs> Which I need to remember and tell people, because I, if anybody ever jumps up at me, I want to say that to him. That's a great line right there. And we mentioned the black kid trying to masturbate in the common yeah, area, yeah. which is just absolutely ridiculous. But we, we, I think we should devote some more time to a Captain America who's just walk shield. Yes, when he, so he, him, he seems to be good friends with Chewie. When Chewie doesn't come back and they're like, we gotta go, we, we don't want to stay in this house, whatever, he's like, no, I gotta go get Chewie. He's just out in this in this shed for way too long, you know? He was supposed to get a screwdriver, and it's taken him 20 minutes, so <laughs> let me go find him. And he arms himself with what we think was a fire poker mm -hmm. and a walk. It's, it's not like a full walk, it's one of those walks with a handle. So I don't know, like an American walk, I guess, or something like that. And it has, it's so big that it has the full handle and it has like the, the grip on the other side of it. And it, uh, there's no other way to describe it than he holds it like Captain America holds the Wakanda shield in the uh, last two Avengers movies. And it looks so stupid. <laughs> and he drops it, right? Yeah, he drops it. it we never get, because that would have been great. I would have loved to see like Jason come out and him actually like block the machete with it or something. 
But no, he drops it. Immediately. He, he goes running. He goes running. He sees the dead body of Chewie. He goes running when Jason shows up, and Jason fucking whips an axe at him. We see, like, an insert shot of it spinning 40 times as it's making its way to the black kid, hits him in the back, and then we get a great comedic beat of him laying on the ground, or on a wood pile, yeah. with the axe sticking out of his back, going... Help me! Can somebody help me? And, and like everybody's and Daniel, like, no. And dude. Daniel pa <laughs> Daniel Panbaker goes, and Jared Padalecki's like, like, it's a trap. Yes, yes. And then like, and then like, we see Jason just like walk up to him and pull the axe. I was like, not really. It was literally just Jason threw an axe at him because he was running too fast. Yep. And that was it. Like, you you could have saved him. You chose not to. You let, like, technically Jason might have like caused the like the injury. Yes. But he was not the murderer in that instance. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then we see him later on where we see like Jason apparently like took his body and like dumped it in the spa. Oh yeah, he's in the hot tub thing and it's all bloody and it hangs on it way too long and Zach said they were really proud of that <laughs> shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so he meets his demise. I guess I the only we talked about Shrek, douchebag. I I want to talk about his death though. Okay, beyond okay. the uh, the the greatest cinematic moment of all De time. Well, yes, of course. I think we should start at the beginning. His every time. I think it happens twice at the beginning where it's really pronounced. Where later they're all they're all frightened of Jason. They're running, so it doesn't really come into play. When him, Travis Winwinkle and Jared Padalecki interact with each other, it is the cringiest, most uncomfortable shit. Because. <laughs> Like, how big of a douchebag do you have to be where he's like, listen, can you put some flyers up? My sister went missing. Can you put some flyers up around the outpost? Trent comes in, he goes, uh, you gonna buy anything? <laughs> what balls that takes, man. And I'm gonna have to put the clipping because I didn't write all the dialogue down. But the way those two were talking is just, I'm just like, this is, this is cringy. I'm like, this is like making me like, ooh, this is terrible dialogue. Boy, is he here? Maybe, maybe I could talk to him. Maybe if he understands um, the situation. Hey, are you gonna are you gonna buy something? I mean, you you've been up here for for quite a while yapping, so. Um, sure, yeah. Thanks. So we have two waters and some gas. Two waters and some gas. Guess I'm an asshole. You okay, bro? Is everything good? Yeah, everything's fine. Thanks, but I'm not your bro. So you you don't want to be friends after this? You don't want to hang out? Let it go. It's not me. This guy's being a dick. Yeah, it's me. Obviously, I'm the one being a dick. Sir, thank you very much anyways. Yep. I'm sorry. And then when he comes back to the house, or when Jared Padalecki comes to Every the house... Every time they interact with each yes. other, it gets cringy It's just fast. like, oh, God. Like, it did, did, like, an actual, like, 13-year-old edgelord write this dialogue? It's so bad. I got Michael Bay sat in the office that weekend. <laughs> yes, exactly. And that that was the start where I'm just like, okay, I hope this doesn't happen too much. But, of course, Danielle Pennebaker goes off with, with uh, Supernatural guy, yeah. He now she doesn't know him. She goes, like, on his motorcycle, yeah. which is very... Basically just because Trent was mean to him, yeah. you know? And, and then his sister's Maybe missing. her crime, as opposed to, like, premarital sex and drug use, is, uh... <laughs> Stranger danger. With a stranger. stranger danger. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah, it does get her killed, so. And then, of course, so Trent's a douchebag for the whole time. He, we talked about the stupendous tits. He, I even didn't remember that uh, he they says. They videotape it? Uh, oh. They videotape it. That, and uh, that came back to, to me. And it's hooked on TV so they can watch. They aren't even seem to be watching it. But that <laughs> It's for to us be, to watch exactly. it. Exactly. You know, it's like uh, different angles in one shot. You know, if you have cameras, use them. <laughs> but... I forgot that after he says that your tits are stupendous, they cut to something else, they cut back, and he's still talking. He's like, you have perfect nipple placement. You'd win a tit competition or something like that. And I'm like, 
And she, what she the made, hell is this? And she made a comment. She's like, you only know how to like charm a girl yes, or something. Yes. Yeah. It's one of the weirdest sex scenes. Um, That's what we laughed at. Like, like, we were yeah, really, like, yeah. That was like, like, he was the highlight in 2009. <laughs> His sex scene and the gun were the highlights of the movie back in the day. Definitely. Definitely. And then, I mean, he, we mentioned how he's so ready to go. He yeah. becomes almost action man. He tries to steal the cop car, or no, yeah. he tries to use the radio because he couldn't find the keys or something. And then Jason, like, literally, well, I guess that's the thing, you have, you have the cop that shows up. Oh, yeah, but Jared Paralecki calls the police and just tells him, like, it's near the lake! <laughs> the, house, <laughs> the house by Camp, or Crystal Lake, yeah. And it's like, glad there's only one in this movie. <laughs> and then, like, the cop shows up and he's like, please open up! And Jason, like, sticks, like, what, oh, God, just, like, what, uh, a sharp object? Like, through, it's probably another fire the, poker through or Through the peephole and, like, it impales him through the, like, it's just, like, I get it, it's a horror movie, I have no problem with it, but it's, yeah. at this point, like, it's just gratuitous. Yeah, it's and not in a good way. same stabbing and stuff. And then, like, they open the door with the cop's head just still dangling there. Yep. And nobody, yep. like, oh, they're, like, we know there's a back door. Why wouldn't you? You know Jason's possibly there. Exactly. Wouldn't you? And they're like, nope. Then, like, he tries to call for help on, like, what, the radio? The radio. I think and it's they get dead. Separated. And they get separated, which, of course, that leads to the, the infamous moment that we talk about all the time. The thing that is stuck in my head since watching this movie, because we laughed so much in the theater. And even, uh, it, it stuck with us, but it went through some iterations. Mm -hmm. Uh... He the actual quote is yeah fuck are you gun <laughs> where we always said where are you gun we forgot there's a curse in it but he goes off he slips down like a, a cliff or like a mudslide into yeah. a lake or a puddle whatever the hell it is and he drops his gun and he's searching around his hands in the shallow water and he says fuck are you gun I don't, I, can you get any better than that? Because like we were saying, as we were watching, I was like, it would have been so easy to just show him searching for it. Jason pops up in the background. He sees him. He runs away. No dialogue. That would have been so simple. Someone had to make the decision for him to say, we want you to be a douchebag to an inanimate object. <laughs> well, it goes back to that thing I've always I, I've joked about in cinema. Audience. It's like, think of how movies are made and how just, oh, God fluid anything is in the movie somebody had to write that it had to go through numerous drafts mm -hmm. everybody had to sign off on it it made it to set they had to do numerous takes of it, it had to survive editing it had to survive all the stuff and yet that was the th like of all the things that probably got excised yes. that made it to completion yes. that's incredible it's incredible and it's I a think miracle that's probably why it stuck with us for so long it's a miracle because it is a miracle <laughs> fuck are you gun but even his death is like, and this is where I get. Yes, like, and you yes. know, we kind of proved the point of the we we watched the killer cut. Mm -hmm. I was kind of convinced of it then too. Now that it's coming back to me, his death is very gratuitous in that moment because like Jason impales him with the machete. Yep. And like it's weird, Jason's trying to like stick the machete through, and he's just, like kind of struggling with it. Yeah, it seems but, like he's almost trying to pull it through. Yeah, and yeah. it doesn't work. Like Jason, is, it's weird to see Jason struggling trying to kill somebody. Mm -hmm. um, oh, and this is when we get a I gave me a little Texas Chainsaw yes. vibe. It looks where the like trucker comes. It up. looks yeah. like oh, this is the thing I want to bring up. Was we have before uh, Trent gets impaled, he like fall like where he climbs down the cliff after or whatever you want to call it, a little steep hill after he loses the gun, and we see this like definition of Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2003, more 2006 I would say, mm -hmm. truck, and it looks like the character of Monty, and Monty's the character Ooh. from the remake where he's one who has like no legs. Okay. In the 2006 prequel, he gets his legs chopped off by Leatherface. Gotcha. Um, because Arlie Ermy like eggs him on to do it. And it looks like that same actor and character. Mm -hmm. And the truck looks very similar. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, I don't know. 
I only thing I can say is that this film apparently takes place in New Jersey. Like, so we see like a boat at one point, say like New okay. Jersey on it, like okay. for the camp. Yeah, I, do, I wasn't um, looking at license plates or anything. Yeah, not, not, yeah. there's a boat that says like NJ something gotcha. by like the lake. Um, but the weird thing is that the film was filmed in Texas. Oh. So I wouldn't be surprised, once again, it was just like, maybe it was something they had, like, it was a prop that they had in the warehouse, and they just went with it. Sure. And the fact that, like, they just cast an actor for that moment that looked similar, maybe a coincidence, but, like, it felt like Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe. Definitely. It did. I'm just like, like it, I remember even, like, less than our initial viewing, but more in subsequent viewings, I've always been like, this just, this this feels like a different movie in this moment. Yeah. And then even, yeah. like, yeah, the moment where, like, in this truck we even talked about, like, has this weird sort of, like, three, like... Oh god, it's almost like um oh god, like uh, rebar, like on the back of yeah, it for some reason. Yeah. And like after impaling him or stabbing him with this machete, Jason like throws him on top of that and he gets impaled again mm -hmm. as the driver drives away. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like what is going on right yeah, now? Yeah, that is really it's, it's that's a, a very good point. gratuitous get, for this. Movie. I get it that like it's weird that like it's not gratuitous in that like, oh, it's compensation for him being such a D bag. Yeah. It's gratuitous in like just like a logistical level. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. And it's very out of sorts, and it feel it's jarring. And I don't yeah, know. Like yeah. I, said, I don't think anybody cares enough to explain the true history between the behind the uh, <laughs> Friday the Thirteenth remake. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like I said, it's, there's a lot of this in this movie. Just feels like it was just tacked on, just kind of thrown in. That's yeah, absolutely. Like, so I wonder how much of this is just alternate takes. They just tacked on mm -hmm. to make it seem like alternate, like like super duper cut. Yes. Yeah, I could see that for sure. Yeah, especially with that scene we were mentioning earlier, where we were like. Why are they in, still at the cabins or back at the yeah. cabins? And it's like, oh, we just threw in another cabin scene that we had, you know? Yeah. I think alternate takes were used to pad pad the alternate yes. cut runtime. Yes. Um, do we want to talk any about Jason? I mean, we talked about Derek Mears and how he was light and teleporting in this movie. I have to say, his underground tunnels have everything. Uh, <laughs> He's got a whole bunker down there. But like, we, want, like, we were even asking the question, like, how does that exist? Was that there for the camp? Yeah, or was he doing it on the off-season whenever he had time? But, like, you know? but that's the thing, though, is that, like, what is, like, if you're running this, like, how many summer camps have underground tunnels? Underground yeah. tunnels only exist for, like, usually in the northeast for, like, winter time, so people can, like, traverse the ground. Exactly. Out, like, you don't have to shovel snow. You don't have to worry about that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And, like, summer camps are intentionally not open in the exactly. winter. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very strange. It seems like it was just there because they, like, because it was spooky ambiance. Yeah. It yeah. was there as a creative decision with no really, like, real-world ground exactly it, and like is. we said earlier we i i thought and you mentioned it, that they were setting up it's like oh how can jason get around so much well that's oh, he has tunnels but no we can just teleport again they don't even yeah. like follow through with that yeah I, th I think it was just probably an idea that someone said was neat and like, yeah we'll, we'll figure it out in filming the things that don't work yes yeah Dick yes. just jason i would definitely like there's don't be wrong like i've seen a bike in that like seven eight hour documentary <laughs> um which is on shutter rob oh uh, just boy FYI, just okay. fyi rob FYI. i haven't even gotten to um in search of darkness <laughs> oh, gee. part two is on there Okay, I have any. I guess, I guess 16, I'm watching 16 hours of horror it's, it's documentaries. 16 hours of horror documentaries. <laughs> it's like, oh God, 24 hours of that with Jason. <laughs> oh my God. Um, Rob and I backed in search of darkness, and like I watched yes. it once, and I'm like, Rob, I regret this. <laughs> I regret this. But our name is in the credits that are difficult to find because I didn't even think they were in there the yeah. first time. <laughs> that was hysterical. Like we did that, and like the correct, it was like the digital version was released like what, like a month before the physical version. Yeah. I had Rob go search for it, and we couldn't find it. We realized that like, the credits were like formatted in the most like, yes. like inexplicable way possible. Yep, yep. And they make up at least half an hour of the, oh, of yeah. the oh, documentary. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, in search of darkness, literally, unless you have no understanding of the horror genre, a genuine waste of your time. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, genuine. Okay. It's like, yeah, waste of time. But yeah, Derek Mears, uh, like I said, I've seen a bunch of different Jasons, like, interview and stuff, and some of them are very, I can obviously Kane Hodder being the gold standard, but even uh, Ken, Kersen, Ken, Ken Kersinger, I think, who okay. did uh, Freddy vs. Jason, even he's, like, a little bit, like, I, I, he's, he'll always be my Jason, because I, I love Freddy vs. Jason so much. I just like the look of that Jason. No, um, I, I think Derek Mears, again, really cool. Like, when he's interviewed, he's a really, seems like a pretty interesting guy. Mm-hmm. But in this, like, he's just told to just play, like, berserker. Yeah, yeah, And absolutely. it's to a detriment, not just of the film, but just, just like, his legacy is as a Jason. Sure, sure. Right on, right on. Was there anything else you guys wanted to mention? I think we got through all the characters, all the goofiness. I mean, well, the goofiness that remains oh, are for God. the snacks, of course. Oh, God. Was there anything else? I'm trying to think of this, like, anything else on that, like, theater-going experience. Like, that is a formative moment Definitely. in the cinematic's, like, model. Because that was, like, like before that, like, I can't remember if it was a time where you and I, like, giggled or chuckled at any movie. No, it really was that, like, 2009, 2010. Well, well technically, going. the very germ of the cinematic's idea is... Right so now, Rob is... Bug on my laptop. Rob is it's the ladybug in winter thing all over again that never got released. <laughs> to be fair, the technical, like, the, like, oh, God, it's like the prime, oh, God, it's like the primordial amoeba of Cinemonides. Yes. It's Hellboy 2 and, oh, you oh. So, you have such a lovely baby. I'm not a baby, I'm a tumor. <laughs> and Rob, at, like... Probably one of the first times I truly cracked up laughing in a yeah. movie theater. At 15 years old, <laughs> yes. that was Rob. Like, that was, like, I guess you remember, no, that is Rob. Like, almost, like, 15 years later, like, literally, it's... Yeah. That yeah. was probably the, the germ, true germ of Cinematis. Like, yeah, I, 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 yeah. I, 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 like, a jarring line of dialogue, being so out of place, just <laughs> laughing hysterically at it. Um, yeah, and I, I haven't seen the Golden Army in so long. I've wanted to revisit those movies. I've wanted yeah. to revisit those a lot lately. I just haven't had time to. I know that we we have not revisited Golden Army, but we've compared it many times to Thor: The Dark World because of the elves yeah. as the villains and stuff like that. We have to, yeah, we have to check out the Hellboys. Hellboy, yeah, Hellboy, I mean, sorry, yes, Hellboys. yes, I gotta exactly. beat that out. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Like, was there a movie prior to Friday the Thirteenth that we did this thing? Because I'm trying to think. I just I wish I had the movie stuff. Exactly, because you would have the because t- I don't remember the timeline. Well, I'm trying to think because this is like this is February. 2009, so, like, I know we saw Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Yes, I, I, yes. That was just, like, I don't remember us laughing. I, probably was a couple moments we laughed at. Yeah, but, but like, we were more meaningful. bored for yeah. most of I that I fell asleep movie. during that. I remember yeah. when Rob leaned over and said, you awake? And I'm like, nope. <laughs> um, when does the movie start? <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't think we saw a lot of movies, like, in that fall season. That was still, like, way before it was, like, every, like, I mean, so I guess Tropic Thunder, but like that was intentional, mm-hmm. and I will fuck you up. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah I don't know if we, if we really un- laughed at an unintentional comedy Com- before Express, this. which we yeah, another yeah, another comedy. That was our time with a the theater going experience. The people just yes. like like the smoke yeah. rings. I can blow smoke rings. Yeah, yeah like, the audience was more there to admire marijuana as a craft as <laughs> yes. opposed to enjoy yeah, a movie. Exactly. <laughs> um, Oh God! What else was there? I, I think that was it for the most yeah, part. It wasn't. A, comes into my mind. We pretty much we. It began two thousand nine. Yeah, the idea. like like that's when like we saw that. Then like it was like Watchmen became the really big thing with us. Like okay, yeah. and then like after that was uh, I don't think we saw a Marvel movie together. Like, we, I don't think our first Marvel movie. But God, bro, what was our first Marvel movie? Captain America. I think that's what I was about to say. I, Captain America. That was always you and your father who yeah, saw who saw yeah. Marvel together. I was always kind of excluded from that. Yeah, I think because again, like, then we saw like Transformers, like Revenge of the Fallen Moon, yeah, Gajo, yeah. Like I guess Gajo is the one where we're laughing at Marvin sure. Wayne, and, like wearing like super suits, <laughs> just running, like it's like the Eiffel Tower collapses. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, this might have been the one that the dam broke, where we were like, we can watch these movies as something they're not intended yeah. to be, and, and like we weren't even kind of aware history. of it. That, like, like oh god, 
nine years later a podcast that's completely like <laughs> sort, like focused on this is like like as a thing is it gonna be birthed and now that's like my thesis whenever I watch a movie look at it as something completely different <laughs> Un- any movie being intentional unintentional comedy absolutely yes. yeah so you look at it under the right lens absolutely yeah, Jeremy anything anything else from this movie you wanted to mention we covered it pretty well how many times are you gonna watch it now oh yes after this, for for Halloween time, like, are you gonna like? It's just kind of this like on ad nauseum, like in the background. This is the start doing? of a tradition. <laughs> <laughs> How many copies are you buying right now? Like, we don't even know. Jeremy has his phone up. He's on Amazon. He's checking the Blu-ray listings in the DVD. No, Jeremy, it's not available in 4K. We're sorry to disappoint you. You cannot Bummer. see the desaturated first prologue and like super duper HD. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, but yeah, it was definitely a trip. That's right. <laughs> right on. Right That's on. probably the best way to describe it. Yeah, it's a trip. yeah, yeah absolutely. It's a trip. Um, okay, well, with that being questions. said, that gets us to our questions. Um, I think this is a really easy one for me. Cinemonity, no. It's an unintentional comedy. It's great that works, but for what it's going for, it doesn't work. It's kind of what I... Like we were saying with the other... Texas Chainsaw 2003 aside... Uh, we get into all these rehashes or reimaginings that don't work, like the the Freddy Krueger being a pedophile and stuff like that. So no, but late night, I think you said it best earlier. Yes, with the right people. If you can get people, in the, you kind of have the mindset that we went in knowing, maybe not knowing that it's going to be like a a laugh riot, but you're willing to start to give yourself over to it. I think it could be a yes under the right circumstance. So I'm going no to cinematics. Yes. Um, a qualified yes, I guess, to okay. a, a late night. So, what do you think, Zach? I want to say yes. This it has to be a yes to cinematic because it's the foundation. <laughs> like we just said, it's yeah, the foundation I, I to it all. Say something it's like the that. foundation yeah. to this all. So, yes, it's it gets probably it. like the cornerstone of it a is. lot of this stuff. So. It is. Let's give me yes for that late night movie. Oh God! Um, I think people will chuck at chuckle at though, but I'm kind of like I, I want to hear Jeremy's answer because as we okay. said, like th- that's gonna be a big theme of this Monstober is getting other people to look at Monstober films this year. Yes, and just I guess because right. I think I mentioned it in previous episodes, I had somebody watch Mandy and it was a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. Like, like it really like like genuinely hated the movie. And I and like it kind of added a whole other dimension to the idea that like just because Rob and I are weirdos, not as everybody else. <laughs> so I guess I'm cur- I, I am refraining from okay, okay. answering until Jeremy does, just okay. to get an idea. I'm let him color my thought process. So we think uh, Jeremy has told us he's listened to this podcast before. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> so you do you understand the the concept of these questions? Like yeah. cin- okay, good. Mm-hmm. Thank God. <laughs> we have to explain. So the what rules. do you think for cinematities in late night, Jeremy? Yes, yes or no? And or cinematity? No, I'm gonna have to go with no because it's really just like you said. It's just it's essentially a remake. It's just okay. we. It's ground that's already been tread. It's um, there really there's nothing about it that's really um new or any or. Gotcha. Yeah, but um, late night, maybe? <laughs> yes! Okay. Yeah, maybe. In the spreadsheet, and maybe. That means come for your anniversary. <laughs> so have we'll have to go back to Jeremy. Let him dial in. You had half a year to think about it. <laughs> Jeremy, what are you doing in March of 2022? <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. So why maybe? What's what's? Your, are you what's, at, Okay, do you feel like you wasted... Forget about that. Like, let's pretend sure. that Rob and I weren't here. Like, if you were watching, let's say it's like, I don't know, on streaming service, on TV, and you just, for whatever reason, you had nothing to do. You had 90 minutes to kill. You had to pick somebody up at the airport, and you decided just to throw this on or just watch it. Would you be frustrated and be like, ugh, like, I can't believe I wasted my time with this? If I didn't know what I was getting into, yeah. 
I, I would probably say. Okay, yeah. so if we weren't there to provide the level of context, like, mm. oh, this is a this is a racket, you would be like, <laughs> you would be like, eh. That's the thing. Like we say, cinemati is a classification. Yes. Late night is a recommendation, yeah. and that's kind of how we boil it down. Mm. So, like, would you? Would you? Did you enjoy this enough to be like, okay, I like to another friend that wasn't Rob or I. I want to show this to you as a, an unintentional comedy. Would you ever do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, right on. Right on. All right. So Jeremy's okay. kind of in the middle. So yeah. so it's a yeah. maybe. We'll definitely uh, we'll come back to him in six months. Yes. yes. We'll come back to him in six months. <laughs> Tune in in six months to hear uh, the definitive answer. Do we want to come back to you in six months? Uh, now no, that his answer was no, a maybe. I know. It gave me definitely an idea. Is no. this just a, a domino effect of things no, we'll have to not, answer in the four year extravaganza? It's not indeterminate for me. I won't, I won't make you do two of those in one t- uh, movie. Um, I'm going to say no to late night. Okay. Even though as much as I enjoy this, I think this is once again Rob and I. This is a form of experience for Rob and I yep. and it's very exclusive in that sense because um, even like as Rob knows like Red Letter Media I remember at one point they were talking about, I know they Jay and whoever the other guy is not Mike were doing like one of the Friday the 13th movies oh and yeah Jay I never watched al- that and Jay has always defended this being like it's like anything you would want out of these movies it's just like it's like a, it's just another Friday the 13th movie mm-hmm. and he defends it to that and considering that like like we've said numerous times now over the years, Red Letter Media has become a very weird vanguard yes, for normies yes. in the, like, oh God, then, like, again, for normies out there, a lot of people listen to them when it comes to, like, cult classic films. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say no late night movies. I have that feeling that, like, unless you, unless you trained, like we did for Jeremy, I think most people would feel burned by okay, this. Okay, okay. That's I think a good that's, point. And I think that's why it bonded the box office. I think a lot of people went in expecting something very specific and they did not... Get yeah, that. with that drop off we mentioned, yeah. absolutely. That's I, there's, there is that. an argument made that like beyond the lawsuits, like while well, this before this went into legal hell, yeah. this was potentially a franchise killer. Yeah, yeah. It's weird to think of it that way, like a twelve part film series, and, <laughs> like, and, and again, everything has to come to an end. But it's weird to think that like this could this could be the, the, the killer of a franchise. That they're ne- that Friday the Thirteenth will never make it to the Thirteenth installment. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That like nothing can kill Jason except a by the number sequel. <laughs> I know just we everybody hates Jason Goes to Hell, which to this day I still think is a master a a masterpiece yeah. in imagination. Yes, um, that, that movie. As much as everybody hates, if anybody's listening to this and hates Jason Goes to Hell, that didn't kill the franchise. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Jason X didn't kill the franchise. <laughs> <laughs> Yet somehow okay. the most by the numbers safe fi- again it goes back to the thing the safe product killed the franchise yeah yeah exactly like we started this conversation with okay okay all right snack Snacks, time restaurant okay I have a, actually a few from the the second prologue of the movie of course um, there's there's a bit where the characters are arguing not really arguing they're getting this little like Bickering? back and forth about. Um, the names of bottled water. Remember the characters yes. like every bottle. You go to a grocery store. There's like crystal this, crystal that. You know. So I think I don't even know why they're saying it because it's called Crystal Lake, and yeah. they're like, that's stupid. That's oh, he's telling the legend of the thing. Yeah, he's like, like, that could come Crystal Lake's a water name or something like that. And the guy, he's like, every water has crystal in it. And the guy responds with Aquafina. So I think that we should sell Aquafina water, but it's repackaged crystal blank or whatever like okay. that. So so you know we have like Aquafina. We take Aquafina. And maybe we just rip the label off or something, but then we call it like 
crystal cinnamonides or cinnamonides crystal or something like uh, that. Yeah, it's a crystal and, Pepsi. Yeah, and it would come from whatever water source in the restaurant because I know we have some type of moat. <laughs> we, we have a brook. We have something. We have something. I know that there's some for, there's some entrance to the restaurant that people have to take a ferry to get to, I know. So that means there's water. And I feel you just have empty Aquafina bottles and we, we fill we, them up with water. We make water. one of the waiters just like literally have like bottles and just fill them up and just screw the cap on. Yes, it. yes, exactly, exactly. Uh, also from that beginning, we mentioned it before, flame cocoons. Do need I say more? <laughs> Maybe someone wants to get in a flame cocoon. Give them that opportunity. Who we judge? <laughs> if you want to get in a sleeping bag that's you know hanging over a fire, who are we? Just We're going to provide exactly. the opportunity. We, yes, yes, you have the opportunity. I just love the concept of flame cocoon. <laughs> uh, I had two more. What did you guys have, Zach? Did it jump out at you? Have you been oh, thinking about this? Uh, not long really. and this hard. Isn't really like a like a snack movie. There's no, not a lot of food in it. Um, like, even, like, I think at one point we had the idea of, like, what does Jason eat during all that? Yeah, we were saying, like, what does Jason... I'm like, does Jason eat the dead bodies? Like, how is he living? And I think you, Zach, you were like, well, bugs? <laughs> he probably eats bugs and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he comes up out of season, like, out of hibernation, and he's just, like, just sweeping everything from the ground into, like, a plate and just eating it. Yeah, like, I feel like, like a homeless man's, like, pancake. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, like... How about that? Homeless man's pancake. It's just like debris. Okay. And he uses his own fecal matter to hold it together like batter. I like that. It's a shit I, I like that, yes. It's a Jason's mud pie or something yes. like that. I like, okay, you can name it many different things. Okay, okay. I think it's just called bugs and shit. Bugs and shit? <laughs> yeah, bugs and shit works. <laughs> That's it. I'm keeping it, I'm keeping it short and brief this time. Okay, okay. Jeremy, did you have any snacks? Any, anything come to mind? Not not really, no. Like, uh, like Zach said, there's not much, there's really not much. Uh, it was... The only thing that I can think of is like they were, they were arguing about like the beer or something, and then that's where like the line about the piss came, came oh, about. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's okay. About it. Yeah, does anyone want to drink piss? <laughs> yes, we might have. Hey, I mean, can I... we pay that actress to do like a top shelf level like delicacy. <laughs> it's like those like coffee beans like the cheetah would like eat and like poop out, and then like they would sit there do that like the brood of coffee. Maybe we get we get in contact with her. Yes. We ask her what she's doing, and we call it by like we, we will keep her anonymous. We'll yes. say this is the characters. Yeah, um, yeah. And it's yeah. top shelf. And if Wayne or whatever his name is, Dwayne, Dwayne, I don't know his Wayne. Yeah, whatever. If he comes in, he can't buy it. Okay, okay. So we limit that because she specifically told him he can't drink. Never piss. drink his piss. Okay, this is getting very close to like gamer girl bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> but I like I like where we're going with that. Okay. <laughs> uh, the other two I had from what you mentioned are our Hick character when he takes out the dirty magazine and we <laughs> oh see he, he says he's like give daddy or let me give let me give you a lick and he licks it. We should have flavored magazines for licking. Oh, okay. We have magazines in our waiting room. I think we have a bunch of magazines. There's a waiting room at the doctor's well, office and now. The, uh, the um, lobby? Yeah, I guess the lobby or like where the hostess is okay. when they're waiting for seats, which we said now many times. Why are people waiting for seats in the infinite void? <laughs> but we have... It's the, artificial scarcity. Yeah, yeah. We have magazines there. Make some of them flavored. Wouldn't it be great to be like, you know, you open a magazine and be like, oh, lick this and taste something. Wait, wait, I have an idea. I have an idea. <laughs> Do we have a flavored menu? Ooh. That... That's how changer. much stuff we have on the menu that would be a, an ordeal to set up, <laughs> you know? Uh, that's an interesting idea. Something, uh, yeah, the menu is a good thing. I like the lickable magazines and the lickable menu. With that idea on the menu, though, I'm also thinking that we have the waiters tell people, like maybe a family comes in with their kids, and you say it's like, oh, you know, we, we clean all our menus after using them and we sterilize them because they're actually like flavored menus. Like, you know, it's not scratch and sniff. It's like you can actually lick them. And one of them's like, does mine taste like lice? And I'm, I'm, I, I, yeah, I was about to say, don't make it taste like anything. Just have laminated paper so these kids are just licking nothing. <laughs> and then it's like, the, the dad or the mom comes in and it's like, what does it taste like? And I'm like, 
I don't know, you know, or maybe the kid thinks it's chocolate or something, and then the adult licks it, and it's like, just licked a laminated piece of paper. <laughs> I like that, faking him out with it. Um, the other one I really liked was when we see Chewie becoming a slapstick with the hockey hockey right. stick, when he breaks the, the the light bulb, or the glass around the light bulb, but not the bulb or the filament or anything, we see all the glass fall on the on the on the uh, ground, and we see him freak out. And he's like, "Oh shit!" And he tries to sweep up the, the glass stick. with the hockey stick. No more brooms in the restaurant. Just hockey sticks. The cleaning staff has hockey sticks to clean Ooh. up broken plates and glasses. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> because wouldn't it be great to go to a restaurant? You know, waiter drops a plate or something. You see the waiter get executed in the Cinemati's restaurant yeah. immediately. We, we wipe with the blame. And the, then the, the brain matter with yeah. the hockey stick. And then the janitor comes out, and they're like, "Oh, good, he's going to clean." And maybe even it's hidden. So the janitor comes out with like that yellow mop bucket, and you just see the stick poke coming out of it. And everybody's like, oh yeah, he's going to pull out a mop or something. He <laughs> pulls out a wet hockey stick and starts trying to sweep glass and plate up. That would be, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Those are all the snacks I had. Any others? Anything else for the restaurant? No. One more point okay. I want to bring up about the movie. Okay, okay. One thing early in the movie when we have Jared Padalecki walking around, there's like this weird between like the cop and like the woman. Oh. There's this weird like good old boy vibe to the town like we don't speak about what happened yeah. here. Yeah. Which is like very reminiscent of that part like in the 2003 Texas Chainsaw Massacre where they have like the like the really right. weird looking like looks like Down Syndrome woman and like the really <laughs> obese woman. Yeah. Like, he, it's like no, no, no. You be nice to that boy. He's just been hurt his entire life. Mm -hmm. Like it feels very much like that. Like it's like that like the town's protecting itself. Once again, like, where did that come from? Yes. And it feels like yes. maybe, like, there was a different prologue where that one was desaturated with Pamela Voorhees and maybe it came from that and oh, just deliberately sure. made that as, like, weirdly, like, opaque as possible. <laughs> but yeah, that was, a, that was a really weird part of that movie that happens very... This is a very disjointed movie. Oh, 100%. Like, this is where I say, like, I, I would say, like, a lot of these movies are clunky, but, like, there's a feeling to this just, like, it's, it, it's bordering on objectively bad. Like, like the story, yeah. the pacing, the I lighting, the performances, like everything. The lighting across the... is horrible. Yeah. <laughs> like this feels like it's it's not there because again, for the most part, it is watchable. Yeah, but it feels like something that's like maybe one step away from just being objectively like bad. Yep, yep, yeah. Cynical cash grab. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, any final thoughts, Babu Frick? Good. Do you know what he said? <laughs> Joy, memory, go blank. 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 I heard black, black. Well, that too. Let's see. Let's see. Let's, see. let's, see. let's, see. let's just go through the entire roster and see. Like, okay. Yeah, you know, we, we haven't talked to Babu a lot, so let's see. Yeah. Let's see what he's saying. <laughs> Ooh, I think he's licking one of our magazines right there. <laughs> oh, Babu Frick! I think this is the only time we'll have you. You've overstayed your welcome. <laughs> well, there's Rob. No, there's there are there is another. Oh, man. they keep us in the Star Wars family. Oh, there God. is another. Okay, okay. We haven't seen the last of Babu. You might have already heard Babu at this point. Oh, oh wow. yeah, sure. the turnstile. Babu might have been. Is that his last? Babu Frick might be the protagonist. Turnstile. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, with all that being said, uh, I think when this comes out, we're going to have one more Monstober episode. Or two, it depends. Uh, one or two, yes. Uh, whether or not it's a movie that... Uh, it's either the second or third film in exactly. the roster. Exactly. One that we really enjoy, or one that I have no idea and Zach's going to carry the torch for because it doesn't exist anywhere except in his house. <laughs> Um, I guess what I want to say at the start is at the end of this episode, Jeremy, thank you for being here. We hope you enjoyed it. Thank we you hope we didn't me. put you on the spot too much. And and uh, something that we don't usually do except in the show notes, we should advertise an inspiriority complex because the two of us are here. Um, so I know we usually say it, but thank you for our theme song. 
we welcome ourselves. <laughs> we welcome. Like, you're welcome to us, like, self, you're welcome. I don't know what the right, proper phrasing is. But the link to Spotify for Any Spirited Complex is always in the show notes. Check it out. Um, that's, that's, uh, we got both of us here, and you should listen now that you know the band personally, and our, our thoughts on Friday the 13th, part 12. <laughs> Other than that, Cinemodities Patreon, come check it out to support the podcast and earn access to even more content. I'm sure I mentioned it earlier, but uh, our tie-in for Monstober at, uh, on, over at the Patreon, Ben and I are discussing Monster House. And uh, that is a, a, a movie. I haven't edited it yet, and we recorded it like two months ago, so I'm not sure what we say about it. Um, also, harass us, cinemodities at gmail.com, and check out the Cinemodities subreddit for more information about the show. Anything else at the end? Are we... Okay. It's, uh... I haven't updated my laptop to New York time, so it is only 8.53 right now. Excellent. So none of you can, should be getting tired. It's not almost 11 p.m. <laughs> but how are we going to end this episode? I think we figured it out before we started recording. Uh, when Wade finds the weed plants, he's listening to Sister Christian by Night Ranger. Uh... Keep your motor running. And we go through a roller coaster of songs, but let's play that in reverse. That's easy enough. I don't even remember what the hell we did for part Pro- nine. Probably like That's what I'm I that doesn't even thinking. show up in this. Yeah, it's like it's like if it is, it's like so brief that I missed it or something. Yeah, it's and, weird again. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that was absent. Yes. So tune in next week for Monstober continued and it'll be good. Yeah.